If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey everyone, welcome to a completely unnecessary podcast for Wednesday, January 28th, 2015, alongside... Looking dapper tonight, Ian Ferguson. I, uh, I'm just hiding all of my fat stuff, the, the hoodie. I'm Pat Contry. <laughs> and we're, lots of topics tonight. We're talking about um, refunds from PS2? Sony. PS4? Sony. That's what it is. It's just Sony. It's just Steam. Sony. It's a not, computer they're game. Not, they're not refunding PS2 from 10 years ago. No. Uh, World of Warcraft gift to 10-year subscribers. Nintendo doing away with Club Nintendo rewards. Whoa, is me! Nintendo ad revenue sharing program for YouTube. Joystick shutting down and defy media layoffs of game trailers and escapists. What does it mean for the games journalism industry? We're talking about uh, EA being a little sleazy with a, 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 a freemium game. <laughs> uh, we'll also be talking about the Ghostbusters uh, movie reboot has been cast. We'll be talking about uh, a little bit about the Secret Wars Marvel event coming up. We'll be talking about Maybe a next Files limited series? The Fantastic Four teaser that we've been waiting for forever. The Royal Rumble and your Q&A. Ian, how's it going in Ian land? In Fergusonville. Fergland? Fergland. Fergland. Uh, Fergland's been, been, been okay. I actually got two days off this week. Um, Vani's schedule has changed, so we now eat breakfast together and stuff like That's real great. people. Yeah, like we actually get to hang out and see each other. You get the, you get the cantaloupe and you get the you know or you get the grapefruit and you have it ready to go. Like part of this complete breakfast, you have a muffin sitting. No, there. no, we usually uh. just go to like the local Cuban bakery and have stuff there. Um, but that's been fun. Uh, I recently dove into the world of modular synthesis, which is an expensive and incredibly nerdy hobby. Um, I Sounds s- reasonable. Yeah. I-, I know you produce a lot of music. That you have a lot of tracks. Yeah. Uh, produ- producing music has nothing to do with it. It's whether or not it calms me down, which it does. Um, I, I stayed up from about uh, 9 until 4 in the morning the other night just testing out different patch chords. And th- that calmed you? Yeah, it calmed me down incredibly. Did you get to sleep at 4 a.m. after that? Uh, yeah, about 5, yeah. <laughs> but but the thing was, is I went to bed and instantly went to bed. Calm, cool, collected, instead of just staring at the fucking ceiling for another two goddamn hours, dumbass. Piece you... of, you're just a piece of wiener. Well, I don't, I don't appreciate that. You're a piece why of wiener. Why don't you, uh, what, is, what did uh, Steve Austin tweeted? He doesn't, he doesn't count sheep, he rebooks territories to, to fall asleep. <laughs> you used to do that, you that's, just rebook the territory. <laughs> that's what I, you should do. Um, I, honest to goodness story, uh, it's happened my whole life. When I go to count sheep, the sheep don't behave. So like, you know, you go one... Two, no, like two or three will try to sneak over with the one, and within about three you, minutes, it's just the worst thing I've ever tried to do. You can't even fantasize counting sheep properly? In order. No, no, because they all <laughs> they all bum rush the fucking fence, and I can't keep track of them. If, that, if that's not a microcosm for your mind, I guess what would be? Oh, God, it's you, awful. I used to actually... I can't my, do it. My dream, with people know, my dream is to see a, a U.S. Global 13 movie. And so I, I used to, especially like in high school and in college... I would visualize me walking into the theater 
and having it like play like the movie like what the intro would be and you know like the whole experience the lights going I was like oh my god the movie's starting you know it just like it would like somehow that lulled me into a uh, I, I, that was my calm, I guess. Like that was my dream. Like, oh, here it is, and that's the feeling I'll get if they ever make the movie. Someone has the movie rights for the past four years, doing nothing with them. So I think what I'm gonna do now, I'm gonna take, a, I'm, I'm gonna do a combination because I like Steve Austin's idea of rebooking the territory. <laughs> okay, I can't do that. What I'm gonna start doing is soundtracking old pay-per-views with modular synthesis, and it's just gonna be really long, like, three-hour drone pieces, but I'm going to soundtrack the entire pay-per-view. Okay. That'll be fun. Like, like, like Royal Rumble 91 or something? Yeah, that could be kind of fun. (laughs) It's a real Uh, slow movement. So, so we have something cool for you guys. If if you like the merchandise, if you like the merchandise, uh, we're, we're partnering with Teespring to have uh, a CU podcast, completely unnecessary T-shirts that um, are available uh, for a limited time. If you click on a link that I'll put somewhere somewhere there, um, you can click on it and uh, pre-order one. And it's gonna it's a, it's our logo that we use. And uh, yeah, no obligation. It looks cool. Ian looks looks nice on there. I think I look acceptable. I mean, and for a small fee, um, you can now hire me to clean your kitchen uh, in any <laughs> outfit of your choosing, as long as it does not show skin. So uh, that's like a that's like a twenty five dollars service. So, so a hazmat suit you have to clean in. I, well, I mean, you can see, you're allowed to see my face in my hands. I would prefer not to, but they could. Maybe my arms. Uh, is this a good way to sell the t shirt? Uh, no, we're just talking about more merchandise. Oh, okay, so merchandise, yeah, merchandise. Yeah, yeah, so you can just hire me as a, as a, as a kitchen that's, cleaner. That's a service. service, though, more than a merchandise. Right. But that could be part of the Patreon. Ian cleans your house. I guess we can put something that high up. <laughs> Ian cleans your house in cosplay of your choosing. Please put that up for, like, 800 a month, and yeah, maybe someone fine. will do it. I think that'd be worth it. I would actually show more skin if it was female cosplay. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, we have t-shirts. That, that'll that sell them, too. So... <laughs> So what's going on with these uh, Sony issuing all these refunds? Well, so H1Z1, which is uh, Sony's never-too-late, uh, definitely very ahead-of-the-curve um, zombie game that they have released, um, is a game that you pay for. You pay for this game. You buy it like you would a normal game. It's a download title, or is it also... Uh, it's on Steam. It's on Steam. And... Uh, they 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 said coming you know in the uh, leading up to the game that there wasn't going to be any microtransactions or, or stuff like that. Clearly stated that. Clearly, clearly announced that there would be no microtransactions. No more money spent in this game once you buy. It. Yeah, and uh, turns out that that was totally false, and <laughs> you can pay real money to get supply drops in game. Um, so are the supply drops otherwise random? I, I, that I'm not sure of, but basically this this definitely they swore it wasn't going to be pay to win, and in a, in a zombie survival game of this type, which I'm assuming is like many of the other ones on the PC, um, like Daisy, like Daisy and Rust and stuff like that. You know, your supplies are what you live and die by. So this is going to be a big, big help. Um, so, you know, they were, of course, flooded with complaints. And the guy's like, whoa, whoa, we're sorry. We we upset you. So they were allowing refunds. Now, you had to do the refund through Sony, and that would get you your cash back. If you did it through Steam, it would only go back to the Steam store. It would hurt if you did it through Steam, I would think. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, if you did it through Steam, basically you get credit back. If you do it through Sony... Yeah, it Steam's hot. Uh, and uh, if you do... <laughs> it's very good, Pat. Uh, <laughs> 
if if you do it through you know uh, Sony, you get cashback. So, anyways, my problem with this is that's not really enough. Um, my my bigger issue is that they fucking flat out lied in their lead up. Um, so that's my number one issue. They flat out lied in their lead up. What they need to do is do away with the supply drops, patch the game that, so that you can find these supplies in a way that doesn't require you to get real money or randomize supply drops like you had mentioned. Um, but my other big problem is is that the refund window is very limited and people tend to go on previews when they buy games. You know, So if someone's excited for H1Z1 and they didn't read about this, and I, I can't necessarily blame them. I mean, you can't read every piece of gaming news. But just say they read all these previews and they're like, okay, uh, no additional charges, I can buy it now, it looks pretty good. If it's outside of that window, they're boned. They can't get that refund. So it's it's still deceptive because it's a limited time well, refund. So where was the disconnect between the announcement from the developers game saying, uh, the quote is that... Um, we are not interested in selling weapons. Weapons are only acquired by crafting or exploring and finding one. We are not selling power, which, of course, they, they reversed on that. So where was the disconnect? Like, like, like what? how could something like this happen? Like, like this is just... This, well, is, this, this isn't even incompetence. This is just flat-out fraud well, well, for from, your product. From what I've heard, it's probably not the programmer's fault. It's probably... I mean, you have to understand no, that... No, it's not the pro- programmer's right. just, just no, taking the, orders, the, but it's the, the developer. Right. The pro- well, the developer and the programmers probably put this game together the way that they said it, and Sony probably saw money bags and said, no, we've got to... Everything's got a microtransaction. We've got to put a microtransaction in. But the Sony president said that they won't, won't be doing that, though. So, like, what... what oh, what, so, what so the Sony... Pre- okay, so the Sony... President John Smedley stated we will not be selling guns, ammo, food, or... That's kind of the whole game, and it would suck, in our opinion, if we did that. Okay, so... So then they did. I mean, being a Sony game, I guess it would go up to... Uh, that's probably U.S. president? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, uh, SOE? Is SOE. It? Sony Online Entertainment. Yeah. So I'm not sure where the disconnect came in. I mean, other than to just royally fuck your consumers, which is awful. I, I, yeah. I, I, how much does this game cost? If, I have no idea. I'm guessing that they maybe thought it was okay if it's, oh, if it's only a 5 or $10 game, we can do this. Yeah, and I mean, you it know. didn't say there, but, and of course, this you know, it's, just cost H1Z1 it, cost. It, it's, you know, I, I catch up on this stuff at work before coming in, but, you know, if it's a 5 or $10 game, I still don't think that that's okay, although that's maybe where they justified it, but if it's a $30 game... Steam Early Access 20 the second skew will cost forty dollars. No, uh, no, that's absolutely not acceptable. Well, that's that's what I'm seeing here from. Germany. No, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, for pre-release you know, twenty plus, you know, those transactions, and then forty dollars for the full game plus those transactions. I mean, we're not talking about something stupid like a costume in Street Fighter. We're talking about paying to win the game that you just spent forty dollars on. Yeah, I don't. I, obviously, we talked about these stuff in the past. Daisy, these don't appeal to me at all. These open world zombie games I don't care I just don't but why would you even get into a game where you'd have to resort to paying money in order to actually play competently any game for that matter but I know that's the whole thing about uh, freemium games which we'll get into later uh, with EA but I just it's just that that's the, the new that's the new way of going about it yeah but lying and lying about it is yeah, oh yeah is, lying is, is not one step over right yes that's that's uh, but at least they're trying to make it right at least a little bit but I mean, they're offering the refund, but I still look at that as too little too late. It's just, <laughs> the damage has already been done there. You look at something, though, like 
World of Warcraft, which hits its 10-year anniversary today. Is it kind of, like, wow, it's kind of flew by already? Yeah, that has flown by. As a matter of fact, I thought that game had been around a lot longer than it had been. When oh. I read that it was 2004, I was literally putting it at, like, 2000. No no later than 2000. Well, remember, the original Warcraft was about 94, Warcraft 2 was about 95. Warcraft uh, 3 was a debacle, and then... That was, what, like, 2011, Warcraft 3, 2010? Something like oh, that. Oh, no, that was... Was that way before that? That was way before that, yeah. Okay, in the past seven years, about. Um, but, but, but yeah, the, the big... Obviously, the big... The, the reason why Blizzard's huge is World of Warcraft. So... it's subscription-based. They... Yeah, it's subscription-based, which eliminates free-to-play and microtransactions, which plague all of the free-to-play uh, online RPGs. And as much as I've never played World of Warcraft and have no interest, I admire the fact that they've stuck to their guns, and it's like, okay, you're paying the subscription, but you get the game. You know, here's the yeah. game. Yeah, I go buy your expansions, you know, but you don't have to worry about it. You know, everyone's on the same page. You work for what you're going to get. Anyways, something that they're doing that's pretty cool is they are giving away... A very very nice looking actually, and that's not. I'm not particularly no, this into looks fan. Nice. I'm not even particularly into fantasy art, but they're giving away a bronze statue to their ten year players. The people. So if you made your initial World of Warcraft account within sixty days of November twenty third two thousand four, yeah, in North America, and February eleventh two thousand five in Europe. So if you made it within sixty days of the game starting. Um, and you're still an active player and paying your monthly subscription fee, you get this really nice trophy. And what the trophy is, is uh, it's it's a copy of the trophy, or not the trophy, of, uh, of the sculpture that is in uh, Blizzard's Plaza, where, uh, you know, people meet, you know, they say they meet there for lunch and stuff. And what's kind of cool about it is they talk about how it's an integral part of, you know, the business, it's an integral meeting place, it's part of their daily lives, they see it every day. And as such, you know, it's not hard to see why they might pick that. I mean, the customers are part of their daily lives. You know, these people who have been playing for 10 years are the people who have kept them, you know, afloat and in business and, you know, given them the 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 ideas and the urge to go on and make more expansions in other games. So I think it's a very nice way to say thank you to your players. Yeah. I mean, it, it by no means looks like a cheap statue. No, it, it's an orc uh, riding a, a wolf. The wolf riders that go all the way back to the original uh, Warcraft mm -hmm. um, strategy, which I had. I remember buying one and two. It was like, buy two, get get the first one free at Computer City. I remember. I was like, oh, I'll do that. And I played through one before even opening two. I was like, yeah. I'm going to play through the first one. The first one's a lot easier than the second one. The second one's hard. The second one's nearly impossible. That yeah. was the last no, like, real-time strategy. I beat I the really second played. one, but the expansions the expansions are yeah. impossible. Anyway. Um, no, this is, this, is, this is great for a company to do this. But obviously, they have so much freaking money that they could easily do this, even if it, even if even if it was only if it's ten thousand, twenty thousand people, thirty thousand people, it's costing them obviously money to ship these out. These don't look cheap, but like I said, they have so much money that they can do. Yeah, it but that's care. how you build goodwill. Yeah. I mean, oh you, yeah. You you you, you, set, you send them a thank you gift, but you're not just sending them a thank you gift. You're sending them a really nice. Thank yeah. Well, you this gift. is a, if this costs them a hundred dollars each. They'll make that back on that customer within a year, and they'll be a customer for the next twenty years. years. Exactly, you know I mean? right? So, yeah. it's, so there's, it's a small investment. There's nothing really for them to lose on this. And when you think about these these massive multi uh, online RPGs and World of Warcraft, I don't think it was the first, but it was obviously the first big no, one. No, no, Ultima Online predates it, and plenty of other things predate that. But this is the one that, when you think of it, this is it. This is the one that kind of, yeah. I mean, I mean, most, I'd say ninety percent of these within a few years are gone. You only have a, like three or four big ones that are still around for, for ten years. This is one. One of the first games that I remember hitting like 
wide mainstream appeal. Like, I'd be at frat parties just because that's where my buddies were going, and dudes would walk up to me because I'd be wearing a video game t-shirt and be like, yo, you play World of Warcraft? And, you know, I mean, they're fucking, you know, Fred Durst baseball cap backwards yeah. and all this shit, and it's like, no, but you do? I mean, that's yeah. that's kind of cool, actually, that, like, it's, it, it, you know, it has this appeal. Star, uh, South Park did an episode on it that was extremely funny, yep. and they got Blizzard to help them. That was, wow, that was probably way back in, like, 2007. That was a while back. That was a while ago. So. Real while. So, good on you, Blizzard. I think you're a decent company. Yeah, why I mean, not? I've got no beef with them. I just don't really play their games. But, yeah, um... On the opposite end of the spectrum, we got a company doing away with certain rewards here, and that company is not... I mean, I love the, their consoles, but the company hasn't been doing a whole lot to earn me some some goodwill with them. Uh, I'm going to try to keep it quick, because we've talked a lot about Nintendo, but Nintendo is doing away with the Club Nintendo rewards program. Now, I honestly wish I could say that this was surprising. I actually kind of called it about a year ago, because the rewards, like, bucket area, like, where you can cash in, like, your coins and stuff, mm-hmm. had just slowly dwindled down to nothing. Like, a couple things of stationary, maybe a couple of game cases. Um, Nintendogs greeting cards, really? Nintendogs greeting cards, yeah. What? And then, like, a whole bunch of, like, everything being out of stock. Um, not to mention, and, and I am going to preface this, I never gave Nintendo shit for the rewards the reward gifts they gave us. Why? Because no other company did it. Yeah, it was free. Yes. I know that Nintendo did better in other companies. Their home comp- in, in other countries. Their home countries where they have more support, where the shipping probably isn't as big of a deal, where 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 they feel like they can spend the money, but um you know, it was nice to get something free from them and I never try to look a gift horse in the mouth, but you know, watching the quality of these things decline down to the point where it was a digital download or a poster set I just kind of had the feeling that this wasn't going to last much longer. They hadn't replaced their top-tier prize, which was the ball game and watch, with anything else top-tier. And it just seemed like it was it was slowly fading out. Um, Nintendo said that, you know, the, the coins have... There's a few months left on the coins. The coins have some time left before they expire. Uh, it's You can use them until... Looks like the end of June. June? Okay. Other than that, they're gone. I thought it was end of April. Elite status members have until May 1st to pick up an elite status gift. But yeah, you have until June 30th, and they're all gone. And as of, as of January 20th, you cannot register any more pro- uh, product on the on the website. So Released after the 20th. Um, I mean, apparently Nintendo is going to be loading up the online store with goodies for people to spend their coins on. We'll see what happens. Um, it is sad because Nintendo was the only company that did something like this. And when you think of one of the major video game companies, if you had to guess which company was going to do a program like this, it definitely would be Nintendo. Um, they are replacing it with something. I believe it's the loyalty program, and I don't really have any ideas as to what that is yet, and I don't think anyone does. Yeah, they have not explained it yet, what some, the new service will be. Some people are hoping that it's a cross-buy, cross-play sort of um, feature for 3DS and Wii U. Uh, I have no real idea what it's going to be. But 
I don't know. I, I feel like that the people who are making the most noise about this service being gone are the people who make the most noise about their prizes sucking every year. And it, it's just, it's something that's really starting to... Nintendo's driving me nuts, but certain a lot of Nintendo fans are starting to drive me nuts, too. Like, about, about the rewards? About rewards and about certain other things, like... I, I think I think I had the Mario hat. I think it's the only thing I, I don't think I even. I think someone just gave that to me at a convention. Right. That's the only R- Nintendo rewards things I think I even own. Yeah, I think I, I think I have, a, I have a puzzle I got like, a few years back. That's the only thing I've ever redeemed. Right, because I was always like either gold. I never was elite status ever, so I never can get like the good stuff anyway. So, in you know, like I said, I, in the end, I kind of came to understand the outrage over the not outrage. I don't understand outrage over. I understand it, people a- being upset about like the. The smaller of the new 3DS uh, 3DS systems not being available, but still, I just feel like it's it's just complaining. Like, had they never made one of those, you would all be buying the XL and not complaining well, about it. Going back to the rewards, I mean, I, I can see it's probably just a hassle for Nintendo to deal with this to have a whole product department just to deal with in this in multiple territories. Yeah, and so it's not it's not cheap for them to do this. Besides, besides, besides the rewards. Besides the fact that it costs them obviously money to produce that, think of all the gaming watches. Besides that money, they're probably like, you know what? We're gonna piss off some people from a business standpoint, but for the cost, we're gonna end up saving. It's like, who cares? That's probably that's how businesses work. They're probably like, eh, who cares? It's sucky, but that's what it comes down well, to. Well, and there's still going to be something in its place. Who knows? It'll probably be uh, stupid. I, it'll but... probably be game downloads because they don't have to spend any money on it. Right? You know well, what I mean? And that's kind of where it was going, anyways. Was they were just shuffling up the game downloads every month, anyways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I you know it, it's it's sad, but it's, it's I mean, it, 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 but oh, that was, I'm sorry, that was what I was going to say. People always complain about Japan getting the better rewards. It's like because it probably costs them less to operate out of their own country than to deal with the stuff over in, in the U.S. and in Europe and and I don't know, whatever. I, I I just can't I can't bring myself to get too upset about it. So, uh, speaking of Nintendo and and I guess loyalty or. Goodwill. Uh, Nintendo announced something that we brought up last time on the podcast about how they should be moving this moving in this direction on YouTube because Microsoft officially laid down rules um, for using their footage on Let's Plays. So in the past, it was that you had to be pretty much in with Nintendo in order to be able to use their footage, and then if something was claimed, you get part of that revenue. But now Nintendo looks like it's opening up to everyone with the Nintendo Creators Program on YouTube. So what it is is. Uh, you basically link your Google account, which is your YouTube account at this point, and your PayPal, and you'll get a portion of the ad revenue on videos that Nintendo claims. Now, it's for specific specific games. So, this is good news because I, I we had a lot of a lot of uh, comments from people that honestly know nothing about understanding what copyright law is yes. or how it works. Holy shit! They, they think that it's if interactive. You think if, that if you buy a game that you own it and can do whatever you want with it? No, that's not how it works. Yeah, it's not how it works. You don't. When you buy a movie, you don't own it. You own the license to watch. That's that why movie. you get those old FBI copyright protection warnings in yes. the beginning of movies. You don't actually own this. You don't have to reproduce it to be put in prison. You can just even uh, do something like take a portion of it and, and use it in another way. It, look at it this way. You're basically buying the right to do it. You, it. You're basically buying the right to watch and play the game yourself. And then they are including the material itself. You, you're not. The, the, yes. You own that. But- when I buy this game, this 25 year old game, it's still, when I buy this, I do not own 
I do not own the intellectual property on this. Right. I own the physical item. I have purchased the license to play the game contained therein. But Pat! What, what do you? But Pat, when you do a Let's Play, it's interactive. I'm interacting with it, so I'm changing it and making it my own. Surely that means that it's legal, right? It has nothing to do with copyright law. There's nothing about interactive oh. anywhere in copyright law. Really? No. Well, so anyway, some that said, know that. <laughs> so that's what it comes down to. I'm sorry, that's the law. Um, so you can agree with it or not, but that's how it works. So Nintendo is going to have this program that I'm glad they're doing this because otherwise you're out of luck on you on YouTube. That's just that's the way it works. Nintendo Nintendo owns what's going on. The only um, issue is they haven't really given out a whole lot of details. No, they have. There's, oh, okay. there's rules here for it. Um, they're going to be sharing. You can now you can sign up for an. Basically, you can do. it for the entire channel. So say if you want a Nintendo-themed channel, and you know that every single video that's going to be on there is going to be for a Nintendo product, uh, you will get 70% of the ad revenue, a 70-30 split, which is in line with a lot of uh, the YouTube sort that's of networks. That's very common, actually. I, it, it's, pr- it's a pretty good. But if it's for individual videos, like for me, uh, for example, like I said about like my Super Mario Bros. 2 music in like Flea Market Madness Volume 1, uh, it'll be a 60-40 split. Not as good, but at least you're getting something back from it. Um, so there's there's more details, but at least it's a first step for Nintendo getting over their draconian sort of ways of saying, "Well, we're gonna just gonna claim it." I was like, "Seriously, Nintendo, for all the bad will you're you're, you're now having with YouTubers and people online, you're, you're trying to take all this revenue." And the list of games is interesting because it's not every single Nintendo game; it's a it's a specific list of games. That are quote-unquote supported. These ones that you can do the ad sharing with. So it's like for the Wii U, you have like New Super Luigi. I'm not going to go through all of them, but basically like, you know, the marquee titles. Mario Kart 8. um, Smash. uh, 3D World. Uh, Smash is not even on here yet, which makes me think that either um, right now they're letting it go or they're taking it all. I don't know since I don't upload new uh, game footage for these games. So maybe, I'm hoping it's not a sort of thing where after a certain amount of time, then they can make you uh, claim money, or maybe they're going to let you do it first and then take a portion. I don't know, but the list does not have Smash Brothers on it here yet, but Wii Fit U is on there, Nintendo Land is on there, which is strange, because I don't know how many people so are doing gameplay footage of that. My guess here is that it's got to be older stuff, and they probably are taking the full revenue for the newer stuff until it reaches a certain age, because you haven't announced anything super new yet. I'm sure someone that will comment on what's going on with it, because I don't know, I, th- yeah. I should talk to Jared, because Jared, uh, Jared's in with Nintendo Pro Jared, so he probably has it worked out already. Um, so then there's 3DS games, like Ocarina of Time 3D, so that's... That's that old, That's a launch title. Um, Mario Kart 7, that's old. Yeah, so they're letting you monetize shit that no one's gonna fucking watch anymore anyway. Maybe. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not actually can, all that happy with this. You can monetize uh, 3DS Classics, Urban Champion, Excite Bike, and Kid Icarus. You, you, <laughs> I'm Rusty, just, uh, Rusty's Real Deal Baseball. You can, just, I can do that. I love Rusty's Real Deal you, Baseball. You, you, you can finally monetize uh, Wii Party and Wii Sports. That's that's good news, right? Mario, Mar, uh, Mario Galaxy and Galaxy 2. Well, these are the more popular uh, titles, like, like the Zelda titles on, on, on the Wii. Yeah, but they're old. It's not stuff people okay. are actively searching All right. For. How about on the DS? You can finally you can finally uh, monetize Nintendogs, Dachon and Friends, Chihuahua and Friends, uh, Labrador and Friends, and Dalmatian and Friends. That's good news. And, and Mario Kart 64 DS. Uh, then on the, uh, you can finally download, uh, you can finally monetize uh, uh, Wario World on the GameCube. So that's good. Yeah, no. I, I didn't know that Nintendo was going after GameCube games from 13 years ago. I had no idea they were doing yeah, that. The more you read this the list. More, yeah, it's getting worse. The more you read this list, the more, the more this is a bucket of fucking horseshit. But you can finally... <laughs> you, what? 
you can monetize sin and punishment on the N64. Like, wait, really? That was like, why would they care about that? It wasn't even their game. Well, they but, pu- they published it, Treasure but it's not. It. There's there's a list of like seven N64 <laughs> games that I guess they, they before they couldn't like Mario Kart 64, Super Mario 64, F Zero X, Excite Bike 64, Mario Party, Yoshi Story. I think this is I, more... Game Boy Advance games, Game Boy games, Super Nintendo games. Basically, their marquee first party titles within the first couple of years, like F Zero, Mario Kart All Stars, uh, Zelda: Link to the Past, Star Fox. Super, super punch out. And then on the NES, last but not least, I'm not going to go through the Japanese one. On the NES, there was about, I'd say, 25 titles. Uh, some you would guess that, okay, the Super Mario Brothers games, the Zelda games. Can sure, I monetize the, the, Clue Clue Land? No. Fuck. But you can monetize Versus Excite Bike. I'm not sure how many people owned it or just there's emulating uh, Versus Excite Bike. It's very strange. Tennis. Um, it's not strange, dude. It's Mock Rider. It just doesn't make any sense. Wario Woods. Like it's, it, it's like how many Wario Woods uh, videos are, are out there on on, on the net? No, anyway, that, that's awful. I mean, I, flat out, that's awful. That's that's Nintendo saying, "Here, we'll throw you a few coins in your fucking hat for if you cover one of our old ass games." But uh, you know, if you want to, <laughs> we turned on this rather quickly. Yeah, but if you have you know thousands or you know a million subscribers and you want to talk about Smash Brothers. Eat penis because we're gonna take <laughs> we're gonna take all of that ad revenue for at least the next six months if they go after it if it's, they go after it I mean I, it could be the other do. way but no the, just the game but, titles you're, you're 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 saying to me and hey the way it works the way someone's it, gonna call me a fucking shitbag faggot in the comments section but I mean the way this is reading to me is that you can only make money off of these games. Everything else, this, they will okay. take it. They, they, they'll have the right to take everything else wholesale. Right. This is how it works when, when Content ID comes up. Um, um, you have a list of things that match. And then you then select, you can then have the option, I guess, to go through it and say, oh, okay, this is nothing. You can then pick out what you want to basically take or want gone from YouTube or take ad review. So it's, it's usually manual. I'm guessing it's going to be, they have hired people to go through them all and pick it out. You know, so by and large, though, I don't think this is going to affect the small person. But if they see something getting hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views, maybe they'll want to. All right. Anyway, yeah, oh Nintendo. So this is a little disconcerting, just because um, I, we get a lot of the links for the, on the CU podcast from Joystick dot com. It's a, it's a reputable, you know, games journalism site. It's been around for a long time and game. Game journalism. Games? They only, it's, they, not, it's, it's not games. They do one game? They do more than one game. Anyway, so game journalism site, and they uh, they announced they're closing up shop, or it seems like they are. Um, along with that, in the industry in the past couple weeks, it was announced that Defy Media, who owns GameTrailers.com and, and the Escapist uh, magazine site, they're laying off tons of people. And game, I think GameTrailers already laid off people previously, I think last year, so they're in trouble too. Most notably, game trailers. Game trailers. If you looked at their uh, website traffic in the past five, six years, it's plummeted. Really plummeted. Well, sure. There's separate. It's it's not the collect all that it used to be. Sure, because when it started, YouTube wasn't huge. Right. And so when you wanted to see a game trailer, you went to GameTrailers.com. There wasn't a lot of outlets to do that. You went to uh, IGN or One Up when it was around, or uh, uh, GameSpy. You know, like like you go to those sites. Uh, but you but now, you know, these all these software companies have their own YouTube channels. 
they give it out to all these other uh, IGN, which have their own giant YouTube channels, you don't need a dedicated website for game shows anymore. No, and I hate to say it, but all game journalism is is uh, regurgitating uh, PR letters and putting spin on that stuff, reviews. This is all stuff you can get elsewhere, and I actually... It's sad to me that Joystick is gone. Not because I read Joystick, but because it's one less known gaming website out there that I have the I have the chance to read. I don't read any game websites right now. Mm-hmm. Zero. You know why? Because I don't like any of them. They all suck. Um, but that doesn't mean that there can't be a good one. And and the more that there are out there, the more competition there is and yes. the more chances there are for a good one to emerge. And I haven't I haven't found one. So I mean my gaming, you know, my my, my new video game news comes through um Twitter and word of mouth and the occasional link someone will link me to another, you know, a webpage, but I don't wake up in the morning and go, Okay, I'm going to Kotaku no. or Destructoid no. or this or that because it, it it's not it's not news. It's just PR with a little blurb attached. Or to or it's it. clickbait. I always uh, get on. The clickbait is awful. I I, that, I told you I, I I well for various reasons I don't visit Kotaku anymore. To me, it's just giant clickbait, and I was tired of looking at it. Polygon uh, is probably uh, a lot of times I feel like Polygon's the worst. But a joystick, at least to me, seemed more reputable uh, to me. It seemed like they they kept their at least on paper kept their noses cleaner for the most part, and. Uh, it's just a shame that they'll be gone. AOL's uh, who owns them, the parent company, um, in a larger content cleanup um, uh, from newer sources. They're doing a house cleaning of, of quote-unquote underperform- underperforming content properties and it's taking place over the next few weeks. So they're not even giving them a lot of heads up. Next few weeks are going to be gone. Um, so it was founded in 2004 as an extension of Engadget, which I did not know. Yeah. Uh, and part of web wow, web weblogs. Weblogs, which AOL bought in 2005. So, yeah, it's not even the fact that maybe they were still making money, but not enough to, to make it worth AOL's time. Which, uh, unfortunately, that can happen, too. You don't have to be losing money to be shuttered. But you can just not, not be making enough. Not making enough, which is a shame. <laughs> Although, I would be willing to bet that lower totem pole video game websites, and that's not to sound insulting to Joystick, but when you do talk to people who talk about video game websites, they do tend to talk about Kotaku, Polygon, and Destructoid. Joystick does not come up. Or IGN. Game. Or IGN. Um, joystick does not come up a lot, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they were losing money. So Joystick, uh, it's, it's a shame. Like I said, I, I follow you on Twitter. I get a lot of news from you. Um, so in terms of, I, I don't, I don't much to comment on about Escapist. I know uh, it was a, probably a much bigger website years back when they first had Jim Sterling, and they had Zero Punctuation, which they, who they still have. And but I think that I think that model is just going away. It's all going towards YouTube, and that's why. Uh, game trails in particular is going bye bye probably because you, you don't need them anymore. You, 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 YouTube is where you get. Oh, it makes me so trails. fucking barf sick. I don't want to watch my news. Am I one of the only people left who wants to read his fucking news? Well, like, you can read them on sites, but even now, like if you go on IGN, they'll have like. Oh, well, I know. No, they'll no, have the article it, 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 and then a video like, version of it. Yeah, it's not like this is going to. Even CNN does that. It, it's not like this is. Well, that's why I don't go to CNN. That's well, CNN's like, terrible too. Yeah, Fox does it. BBC.co.uk does it. Every website that I go to for news of any sort fucking jams a fucking video down my goddamn throat and I don't want to watch it. I don't (laughs) want to look at your fucking ugly face and your stupid talking head. Just let me read the story in my own fucking voice and take it at my own pace. 
Well, it's also the ad revenue. But I know what you're saying. You click on an article on CNN and you start scrolling down. All of a sudden, you hear a, 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 an advertiser play. Like, what the hell? I didn't click on a video. Right. They, they preload them yeah. when you click on the article. I don't, I don't care, and Miss lo- Blonde Hair and Mr. Big Chin. I just want to read my <laughs> fucking news. And a lot of time, they just repeat word for word like what's there or, yes, or most yes, of it. Yes, but it's horrifying, too, because they're talking <laughs> about the most horrifying things and they've got this fucking smile plastered on their face. Oh, my God. It's so gross. So it's, it's, it's the end of an era, I guess you could say. Um, or this beginning of an end game. End of an era. Well, game trailers is how I, I got known for doing my videos. They used to have a very robust. I want to reach over this table. Um, a very robust user submission section, and uh, which I, it was they took a big hit on their site when they got rid of it for no good reason, like three years ago uh, or four years ago. Anyway, so I used, I had stuff put on the front page of game trailers. Um, my my bearded chiller Pat was on the front page of, uh, of there. Me and Rue doing the um, video game history museum at E three was on the front page, and uh, the first Fleetwood Mac Madness when I posted on there it got fifty thousand hits in a day back in like two thousand nine. It was nuts. I was like, well, people want to see an asshole go to a flea market. I guess that was the first time people really saw that on the net. So I have a connection to game trailers. I, I was actually at one point. Um, involved in a contest which didn't get off the ground. It was me, uh, a guy named Peter Butter Gamer. You may not know, but he has a million plus followers on YouTube now. Mm-hmm. We were going to be in a contest uh, for the next big feature on on game trailers. And back in like 2010, that's a that was a big deal to be a feature on game uh, trailers. Um, uh, AVGN was on there. Screw Attack had a lot of stuff uh, on there. Mega 64 used to be a feature on game trailers. So that was like that was like the MTV of, like, video games at one point, game chillers, and now it's sort of lost its heat and popularity. So did you say great game trailers took a, a pretty big hit when they got rid of their user submission? Oh, yeah, because that was a lot of... Yeah, yeah. you know what else is going to take a big hit? Who's going to take a hit? Uh, your wallet, if you decide to play Need for Speed, no limit. Your segues, Ian. I'm so proud of you, Ian. <laughs> yeah, woo! Um, so, this is... <laughs> This is, I mean, this is so fucking awful and dastardly. It's beautiful. Um, it's beyond that point where you actually get disgusted, where you admire it. Yeah, you admire I, the I, I, I admire the fucking balls. <laughs> I, I admire the cojones. I admire the huevos. Um, EA made Need for Speed No Limits, and it's, uh, it's for your phone. And mobile uh, game. It's a mobile game. It's a racing game. Okay? iPad. And, uh, you know, you race around and stuff. Um, but it has an interesting microtransaction in it. So this is a, what we call a freemium game. Because it's freemium. free to download, but you might have to pay in-game. You can just download this fucking game till, till <laughs> your heart's content. Download it five times on all your devices. But you'll have to buy the gas to power your car <laughs> if you want to race. And, and, and it's just so bad because like every game well, has this sort of thing in it, right? And, 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 and it doesn't even show you the gas meter in terms of like empty or full. It's like your gas meter is one minute, 25 seconds. Well, from what I, from what I understand, it's like you, you require a certain amount of gas for each race. Yes. So you can wait for the gas to go back. Like oh. any free to play game, you can either wait a number of hours or days for your tank to fill back up. I'm sure there's, I'm sure you can pay real money to get a bigger tank to, you know, so it fills up more. But if you don't feel like waiting, I'll just drive on down to the gas station with your no gas and buy more gas for your fucking gas guzzling need for speed I no I, limits vehicle. I should have downloaded it just to see what the cost was. I'm sure it's not a huge amount of money. I'm sure it's like a dollar for a hundred gallons, but still it's, it's, if that's what you need to play the game is absolute bullshit. 
Yeah. It doesn't need to play. It's not enjoyable. It's not free to play if you download a racing game and say you do three races and now you can't race anymore. Well, now like, you're done. I, it's like Imagine it, Mario, if Mario Kart did that. It might not have know? been an Ace Combat game, but I want to say it was, or at the very least, a number of um, airplane like dogfight simulators have done this, where the game is free to play, but you have to buy your ammo and your missiles. It's like, you know, it's like... What? what, what? what? <laughs> no pilot has to do that. That's right, a right, right, right. Here's your free-to-play racing game. Buy your tires and buy your gas. You know, otherwise you're not getting out of your garage. Uh, I'm, so, trying, I'm trying to find an image that shows the gas con- uh, consumption, like how it actually looks. I don't know. I mean, really, that's all you need to say about this game, and we can move on to the next you think, topic. You, but think it's e- just- you think EA already topped their, you know, they're they're always finding new ways to 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 get you agitated or to make you proud for if you're if you're a businessman or entrepreneur <laughs> to do something. like Oh this. yeah, yeah. I mean, Christ. I, I mean, I do. I, I kind of want to applaud them. Be like, oh my God, we made a racing game. Let's charge for gas. Congratulations, you fucking dickwads. I hate you. Oh, there is a gas meter. It's just like a little. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a little meter. Yeah. That's yep. that's nice. Yeah, I nice him to do that. I just wonder how quickly it, it fills up. I, Here is your I, real cash being disposed. They would be the total asshole geniuses, or total asshole, or brilliant either way. If you had to have your app on in order to, you know, what I mean, it's not like if you, the next day you come back and it's full. If you actually had to be inside the app and have it refill, no game does that. I mean, that would be truly, that'd be hysterical. That'd be though. truly asshole. Oh, EA, we love you. God. Yeah. yeah. Or if you had to hold down a fake button to pump the gas. <laughs> or if you had a or if you had a like if it was New Jersey, you had to wait until someone comes over when it's thirty degrees to roll down your window and say, Hey, could you fill me up? Here's my credit card. <laughs> yeah. Does someone do it for you? What the fuck, New Jersey? Why is that a law? It's like know. New Jersey, like in Vermont, you can't pump your own gas or Idaho. Jesus Christ. In in New York you get the choice. Hey, hey, um, so do you want to Talk about that Ghost Buters reboot cast? Ghost Ghost Bustier? What? Ghost Buters. No, yeah, yeah, you spelled Ghostbusters wrong. Oh. I'm just giving you shit. So we brought up this, uh, wow, six months ago when they announced it. Did you really just say Ghost Bustier? I, I thought it was clever. No, it's 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 not clever. Bust? Bustier? Yeah, I, get, I, I fucking get it. It's. I mean, that took you, what, two seconds? Yeah, it was quick. It was, I didn't have the pre-planned. Quick, but pre- probably not witty. I, I think it was witty. Someone would have laughed on that. So they announced the cast for this uh, film, which is a reboot. It's not supposed to be connected to the prior. Uh, so it's, u- it's not a movies. sequel at all. No, which that's pissed off people, and that's where I'd be more on your side. Of why does it have to be a separate universe? Why could it be a continuation? Why I, I remember, I remember in the podcast saying why couldn't one be like the the, the you know the great niece or, or niece of one of these original Ghostbusters? So they announced it and. When we were talking about casting way back, I predicted two of them. Not that I'm a genius, but the the, the two more well-known comedic actresses, um, Kristen Wiig, who's very funny, used to be on SNL, and she's been in lots of movies. Um, I, I see like, Bridesmaids, and she had a bit part in Anchorman Two. She's hysterical. she's had a lot of bit parts in a lot of movies, and honestly, I like her as a bit part actress more than a lead. Do you see Bridesmaids? No. Bridesmaids is, is a good vehicle. I, I, I should say this. I only know her as a bit part actress, and I find her hilarious. Um, but the other three, I have you don't know. Okay. no clue. Uh, I am not familiar with uh, Leslie Jones. Um, she's a featured player on Saturday Night Live now. I'm a teeny bit familiar with Kate McKinnon from Saturday Night Live, another SNL uh, newer uh, person. Just because like, when you go on SaturdayNightLive.com and download clips, I, I've seen her show up. So she's probably... 
very funny. I, I think she might be the one that does like the uh, Miley Ray Cyrus uh, character on the show. Oh, she kind of looks like she does. However, my issue is Melissa McCarthy, who I predicted would be one of the cast members. Uh, Melissa McCarthy is the Kevin female Kevin James at this point. I thought you said she was the female uh, Chris Farley. She's I, both. I have never seen this woman in a single movie. She's well. She's been. She was in the Heat with Sandra Bullock, who Paul Feig directed. That that's why she's showing up here. And she was in Bridesmaids. And it, it's not like it's a problem uh, on its surface that she's in the movie, but they're not casting her to play against what she's done in his other movies, which is be a bumbling Kevin James. I'm loud, I'm fat, and that's why you should laugh at me. And that is my problem with this movie, because that has absolutely no place in a Ghostbusters sort of film and, and Ghostbusters sort of comedy. Who the fuck cares if she's large? That, But that's her comedic stick. That's the reason why I didn't like Chris Farley, because that's how they got their laughs. It's just not my comedic preference. I don't, I don't like I don't like a Lou Costello. I don't like Abbott and Costello be, be, because of that. It's not funny to me just to be loud and large. That's not a, that's me, that's not my, my comedic sort of sensibility. And it's definitely not a Ghostbusters sensibility. Ghostbusters was more about, you know, sardonic sense of humor, uh, the wit, the, the really strange situ- uh, situations and deadpan responses. It's not Melissa McCarthy. That, that's, that's the problem with it. Yeah, but there's four main characters. I mean, they can put her in the back. I mean, they can do a lot of things with her if, mm. you, if you're really like... I mean, I don't know who she is. I'm not going to You really have out. never heard of her? She's no, like... I have no idea who she is. I don't okay. watch movies. Okay. That's, that's the biggest issue is that, is her. It's not the fact that it's all female cast. I don't give a shit about that. I, I really don't. That, that, that to me is immaterial at this point. It's like, I always said to wait for it to be cast and wait for, uh, I think the plots actually come out too, or at least not the plot, like who these players, uh, who they're playing. I think one's supposed to be an MTA worker who encounters the lead ghost. Uh, two are, two are going to basically uh, be on the, char- the characters in the movie of uh, Bill Murray and uh, uh, Ivan Reitman, like being like you know, one is um, just in, basically both are both in college, and one's par- more paranormal than the other. So they're following kind of loosely the characters, but they're not retreads directly right. sure. of the characters. You know, one's obviously got to be uh, looking at looking at them. Kristen uh, Wiig's going to be the Bill Murray sort of probably the closest to that, sure to match probably. So I don't know. I mean, I have my I like I like the first two Ghostbusters movies. I like the first yes. one. I like the second one. I, it's fine. It's eh. what's wrong with it? It's it's just it's what we, we, we can I finish? Can I finish? What? It's basically the very worst sort of sequel in that it's just bringing everyone back for a second round and no new character development for the four characters. Really, we'll just redo the entire movie again. It's like the Dirty Harry movies. Why they got bad? Eh, you know, it's I like, don't we'll know. Just, I mean, yeah, just, but, it's, but, it's a movie just for the sake of seeing the same characters back, and we're not going to do anything interesting with them. Does that make sense? Is I guess, fair? except for the fact that I found it wholeheartedly amusing and worth a second go around. I didn't need a third go around of that, but I thought oh. I thought the well, first you, one was great, and I thought the second one was totally watchable. It's watchable, but to me, it's it's like if the first movie's like a, a three three and a half star movie, the second one's like two and a half. It's a full star drop to me. Or, you know what I mean? I'm never watching movies with you, <laughs> um, but you have. Have I? What have we seen together? We never went to the movie theater together. Let's go see Avengers Age of Ultron together. I don't think we've ever seen a movie together. Oh, that's a shame. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) We'll find out, won't we? Speaking of comic books, (laughs) so this is just... I want to talk about this real briefly, just because it's annoying that every two years, three years, Marvel needs a big, huge 
comic book event that get the mainstream talking. So they're doing a new Secret it's Wars. It's every year. Every summer there's a there's an event. Yeah, it's bullshit. It's like, no, it's not. It's bullshit. like a movie. Um, so, um, well, How is it bullshit? It's bullshit. They, they, would have run bullshit. A se- they would have run a separate arc and not called <laughs> it an event <laughs> otherwise. It's bullshit. They're doing it now more than ever. Um, so Secret Wars originally was what? I want to say 85 or 84. What's bullshit is it, the amount of tie-ins. 84 or 85 was the original Secret Wars. What it did was it brought most of the larger uh, heroes and villains together. It was an okay story to read. The, 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 By the, larger, you're talking about, like, girth and length, right? <laughs> it was 12, 12 issues, and the biggest takeaway from the whole event was Spider-Man got the symbiote black costume right. from Secret Wars. If that didn't happen, totally forgettable. Uh, as far as I know, not much of consequence in the long term came from the original Secret Wars. Secret Wars 2, I've never even read. I heard it's an absolute bust of a story even compared to Secret Wars 1. Um, so... This is their new Secret Wars, which is going to combine the traditional 616 Marvel Universe, which is the old-timey universe, with the Ultimates Universe, which has been around for, what now, about 12, 13 years, uh, roughly. And so, like uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, which was DC's version uh, of this, where they combine the sort of uh, Golden Age, Silver Age, and Modern Age heroes together, so you had like three or four Superman characters, and kill off everyone except for one of each character so only one remains to sort of tie up why why is you know why did Superman used to be able to you know lift the earth and now we can't so that was their way of dealing with that of having uh, well, they, they, to take care of the whole aging part but now DC, uh, Marvel's now going to be eliminating now I guess uh, some of their ultimate heroes and some of their six one six heroes and I don't like this at all I don't it doesn't particularly bother me because in the end it doesn't really mean anything. Uh, I think a lot of the, Mar- I mean, they've wanted to, d- they've wanted to unify the universes for a while, according to what Vonnie's told me. Now, when I speak about comics on the podcast, I usually try to speak from my own experience, but a lot of times I have to draw from Vonnie. Um, they've wanted to eliminate the the Ultimates universe for a while, or at least combine them. Um, there are definitely characters in both universes that are considered. Better or worse, depending oh, I'm sure. on the universe. I'm sure the Thor sucks in the, in the mm. Ultimate version versus the Whereas Ultimate one. Falcon is the one that they chose for uh, Winter Soldier because Ultimate okay. Falcon's way fucking cooler. Um, you know, a lot of people will argue back and forth over Ultimate Spider-Man and regular Spider-Man. Uh, I mean... Ultimate Spidey is not even Peter Parker anymore. He died. They killed him off. Well, yeah. But Ultimate Spidey has been a fun a fun ride. Sure. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens of it because... I think even Vani said, like, in the end, it's not much like other Secret Wars stuff. It's not going to have a whole lot of long-term importance. And I think it's still going to end up in two two kind of two separate universes. Do they re-separate them after they say we're combining them? I I, I don't know. I I just... Eh? I I, I think that, depending on how they do it, if they don't play their cards right, they're going to have to. Um... I don't know. There's a lot of weird stuff going on in Marvel right now. I mean, there was the death of Wolverine in the summer, but they announced... No, you have to understand. They announced before they did that that it was part of an arc to explain the current X-Men storyline, which I haven't caught up on, um, and, and, and that, he's, that he's coming back. They announced that he's dying as a plot device, but he's coming back. They're not... You know, they weren't necessarily doing it as a shock, so they announced him coming back first. So I don't know what Marvel's going to get out of this. Um, this is going to be a lot harder to follow than some of their previous, I think, um, 
uh, events like uh, the Second Secret Wars or House of M or uh, Age of Ultron or even Avengers vs. X-Men. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how many people buy this. My problem with this has nothing to do with uh, the eliminating of certain characters. It's that with each event, Marvel requires... They don't require, but you can't just buy the main event book, necessarily, and get everything out of it. They will At the beginning of the, pay, uh, of the, the issue, they will show you a checklist of where you should be going next to, re, to read the full story. Mm-hmm. If, you're bringing, if, it, if you're doing a Secret Wars storyline, and you're bringing two universes together, just imagine the amount of fucking tie-in books that they're going to be trying to get you to buy. And that's when I lose interest in comics. You can get me for a 24-issue run, and I will buy all 24 issues, no problem. But as soon as you start telling me that I have to start following this comic and this comic and this comic to understand what's going on in this one, that's where I bow out. And they've largely done away with that in recent history, but the, the events, the events always bring it back. And that's what bothers me about the larger events. But they do it with larger story arcs, too. Sure. I guess it's, it's their way of, you know, like you said, they're going to push away all those like yeah, it, it, the, the the original Falcon. I, I used to love the seventies Cap and Falcon, but but sure. yeah, he looks goofy compared to the guy we see in Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. That's you know, an, you know, an army guy and it's sleek. It's more quote unquote realistic. Ultimate Falcon's fucking awesome. I mean, sure. I told you know, you totally want Ultimate Falcon to be the main Falcon, you know, and I think that this is their attempt. I have a feeling you'll actually probably see a, a whole lot less of characters dying off. Maybe going away, maybe going to do new things, so, but like I, I think like this, this is their reboot. This is Marvel's reboot, the way DC rebooted with uh, Crisis of Infinite Earth, which I, which gets rave reviews. I still haven't read it, yeah, because I'm not because I'm not a, as big a DC fan, probably. Neither but supposedly it's very well written because you even get cameos of even the minor guys that you hadn't seen in like yeah. 40 years. You know what I mean? Like they still show up even for a little bit for a send off, and then you you know best DC, the the best DC books out currently are the ones where they're really trying to be a bit more progressive. Stuff like uh, the new Batgirl, Gotham. Academy, which is fantastic. That's totally worth reading. Um, but most of the time, I don't... Uh, the first couple Aquaman trades from the New 52 were good. First couple Batman trades were good, but... The good, the best part about this is that this is probably the only chance that you'll see deaths have any fucking meaning in a comic book, because they know they're not going to bring back those versions, have them go out in a heroic way. You know, that's, right, right, that's exactly. actually very... Because that's what they did... Here's the spoilers. If you haven't read Crisis and Infinite Earths, how it ends, you know how oh, it yeah, ends? Yeah. They kill off the mo- one of the most beloved uh, guys they ever had, the Barry Allen Flesh, yeah. who basically saves the day. Yep. That's a, the biggest fucking heroic ending you can have. He saves the, basically the universe. And I that's mean, probably what they'll do. Know? I mean, that, that, that's exactly probably how they'll have it go out, especially with a lot of the, ultimates char- a lot of the ultimate characters, because... You know, if they tried them and they failed, well, then let's write a really good way for them to go out saving oh, the, yeah. their other versions. Because at least, okay, you're never going to see the original Falcon again, but he's going out like a hero, not like a chump. Right, you know exactly. I mean? So I don't have a problem with that. So that, that actually, that gets me a little bit interested, but I'm not a big, I'm not a fan of these overdone quote-unquote events, and the fact that they have to do one a year is kind of, eh, that, that, that shows me that their, their writing's not, I mean... They do multiple story arcs per year, they just call. I know what the story arc is, but these huge cross events, going back to Civil War. Well, some of them aren't. Well, yeah, no, they usually cross. By the way, the Second Secret War is uh, fantastic. Uh, if, I, th- I thought it got terrible sort if, of reviews. If only for... No, you need to read the three Captain Britain and M13 
trades that come from the Secret War. I will never do that. The first one is Secret War, the other, uh, and it starts with Secret War, and it ends with uh, them fighting Dracula on the moon. Uh, I do I do remember Secret Wars 2 having a lot of one-on-one fights that were interesting. I think one of the famous ones is Daredevil versus Iron Fist. Something like that, and then Daredevil kicks oh, the no, shit out of I'm not thinking Secret War, I'm thinking Secret Invasion. Oh, that's, that's the Scrolls, which was fantastic. No, that's in the, the past five or six years. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I'm talking yeah. about Secret Wars. Yeah, I know, I know, no, I'm, I know, I know you are. I was but, like, well, what the fuck? I, are yeah, you no, I'm about? thinking, I'm, I'm thinking of a uh, Secret Wars Two. Secret terrible. Invasion. No, Secret Invasion was was okay. good stuff. So Secret Wars and Crisis of Infinite Earth came out right after it and, and blew it away, and people were like, wow, this is what Secret Wars should have been. Secret Wars is a little more lighthearted, uh, but anyway. So uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see who's true. Who will survive? Speaking of surviving, the segues this, this week rule. We're good. X-Files might be making a limited comeback. I was a huge X-Files fan, being that I never didn't have friends in high school. So on a Friday night, I'd watch X-Files. I used to watch it with my dad, but I think I only got through the first five seasons. Most people only did because after the fifth season is when the movie came out. And right. the movie answered absolutely no questions. questions. Yeah. And that's when it started going downhill. Yeah. I, I think I stayed with it until the sixth season. And afterwards, I'm like... What the fuck are you doing? Chris Carter, can you answer some goddamn yeah. questions Se- and create new ones? That's what most series do. Season one through five, though, are some of the best TV out there. And I still think one of the scariest shows I remember watching when I was a kid was the X-Files episode in season one where they go to the Antarctic base. And there's that worm parasite that's fucking causing them all to go crazy and kill was each other. Was that season one? Was that that early? Yeah, I didn't. One think or it, two? I didn't think it was. I thought it was season two, but I'm wow, fairly certain so many it's iconic, season one. So many that's, iconic episodes. That's yeah. a good. We're talking episode. like episodes that fill you with terror and like good horror. Yeah, like, those episodes. it's more a horror movie than it is like an alien movie at you, that point. You forget, especially those first, uh, I say, two or three years. A lot of the monster of the week episodes are really good. Yeah. One of my favorite uh, was it New York, New Jersey. You had the, had the Worm Man. <laughs> yep, yep, that was yep, a yep, really yep, great yep. episode. <laughs> that was. Yeah, that was a good the one. The Jersey Devil one. But this is what was always surprised about the X-Files because it, this isn't like most like uh, series where the stars don't want anything to do anymore. Uh, Jillian Anderson and David Company love um, these characters. Yes, they do. They've always said, we will come back. I have not seen... This was so weird about my, my sort of how I fell off for this. I still haven't seen the sequel to Fight the Future from, like, was it 2008? I still haven't seen it. It's supposed to be pretty good, but it's My more... parents went and saw it, and they said it was my... Because they were huge fans. They sure. watched it all, and they were like... It was all right. Yeah, it, was, all right. it was more of like a monster of the week sort of tale versus uh, the conspiracy and the alien. Yeah, mythology. but they just felt like they got at least a full new X Files episode. That that's, was that's what they that got made up out for the it. shitty last episode that was terrible. Yeah, remember people in the ninth season, David Duchovny left the show, and you had Robert, yeah. you had Robert <laughs> Patrick and, and the brunette woman uh, and Julian Anderson, which was supposedly they were pretty good, but. They didn't know how to wrap it up. It was so convoluted when I saw the last episode. The last episode is a guy basically explaining the entire plot of what's been happening because there's the, Chris Carter lost, literally lost the plot, lost and, the plot, yes. and didn't know with all these different not just the Greys. You had the guys that with the black the black oil. Then you had the bounty hunters, and you had all these different aliens. And it's like, what the fuck? We just want the Greys and the conspiracy with the humans. That's all we ever asked for. No, all I ever That's asked all for, we asked for was all, the, all I ever asked for was. C- Seasons one through three, really. That's all I ever. All wanted. we ever but, asked like, for. The whole I promise, the entire promise of the show was when they said uh, the date of the alien invasion was the end of the Mayan calendar of December twenty first, two thousand twelve. When they said that back in like ninety eight, ninety nine, your mind, you're like, holy shit! Yeah. It makes all the sense in the world now. <laughs> I can't wait for that. There's going to be a movie that comes out. No movie ever came out with the alien invasion on December twenty first, two thousand twelve. Uh, no, no, even thought of a movie because by that point the, the X Files franchise had been tarnished uh, from just 
uh, not being able to end on a strong note, the 2008 movie. And so I remember at Comic-Con, I remember watching the X-Files uh, panel at Comic-Con, I think it was like, actually, it could have been 2013, two years ago for the, for the 20th anniversary. And they said, uh, you know, they asked the crowd, or we want to see new X-Files uh, series. No. And, and Duchovny and Julian are like, yeah, we're on board. And Chris Carter's <laughs> like, no, I don't think so. And it's like, you fucking idiot. idiot. Yeah. If, if they, we can get a Veronica Mars movie made off of Kickstarter, if you put up an X-Files Kickstarter for a new movie, you know how fucking fast that would fill? If you have your two mains being like, yes, please, let us. Yes, please. let us do this. Let we us will, do this. Yes. Fuck off, dude. Just I was always write like, it. Like, Chris Carter, are you that arrogant or just dumb that you couldn't raise... If Veronica Mar- Mars raised $5 million, you could raise twenty five for X-Files. Well, and the thing for... The X-Files is all he needs to do is, if he wants to do a limited series, do like 6 to 12 episodes. Oh, perfect. That's all we and, and, and please, don't bring in anything from the back. Just start it fresh. Do a 12-episode mini You want to start it fresh, not tie up everything else? I don't... Dude, you, he's not going... Well, not, at, not, least, at least have a mini... <laughs> Uh, I want I want the alien invasion tied up. I want what the hell happened? Well, yeah, Did I they know. invade or not? I, <laughs> you know, it's I, been two years. I know too. I want I want to know that too. But like, let's wrap that up in two episodes and then do okay, like a ten episode miniseries. I, I just there's no way they're gonna wrap up all the loose ends satisfactorily enough for everyone. Well, no, that, that that's the biggest that, one though. That I think that I think a fresh story, well thought out, with a beginning, middle, and end would be. Fine. People want to know what happened with the Greys, with the humans that were basically even you know above the law and the government, like the inner inner yeah. circle that were conspiring against the humans to save themselves when the invasion happened. We want to know what like with the cigarette smoking man, like all his compatriots. Like what's I want to know what's up with smoking man. Well, he, well, he's dead. Well, yeah, but but, but, but go six six episodes deep. Okay, sure. Go six but, episodes yeah, deep the, and then do six episodes of your own the, miniseries. The company even said that he wouldn't come back for a full season. But yeah, ten episodes. That's only, you know, what is that, 10 weeks of his life, 12, uh, three months? He can do that. Like, that's not as big a commitment as, like, you know, half a year when you're usually doing these series. No, in reality, that's probably far less of a commitment. Sure. So, so right. we're, wow. Do we really want to, I mean, okay, so. You know, the best response to this was my buddy Andre Meadows, uh, Black Nerd Comedy, about yeah. Fantastic Four. He released a video where he, he couldn't, he doesn't even have the energy to be angry about this. Anymore. No, I, I, don't, I don't either. Our last time talking about this was when they revealed uh, for the Fantastic Four movie coming out. Jeez, it's already coming out when there's been no news on it ever, you know, until like the, the teaser just came out. Was that Doctor Doom would be an antisocial blogger? And, I, and, and so when the teaser came out for Fantastic Four, check it out. It's coming I, out like in July. It, it's, it's, the tone is just totally, utterly wrong for a Fantastic Four movie. Obviously, the director doesn't care about it, the well, legacy of, of the film and just doing his own thing. The tone of the movie is wrong, but the number one thing I took away from watching the trailer was um, the actors' tones are wrong. And by actors' tones are wrong, I mean they literally did not seem like they gave a shit. I mean, about the, what was going on or about each other? About the movie. <laughs> Movie? No, I mean, no, I mean, watch the trailer. They don't seem like they give a fuck. I never really got that sort of. You mean they weren't the like the driving f- protagonist of it? Yeah, they, 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 yeah. That's exactly. actually a very good point because in the original story, uh, Reed Richards and he was like, oh, oh, we have to go out. We have to, we have to go out and see what's going on out in space. 
And so, okay, then then obviously you have uh, Ben Grimm's the pilot, so he's on board, and then he has, a, no, then he has it, his girlfriend one, and it, the brother. In this one, it's all four of them seem like they're along for a ride, for a ride. that scientists are doing, and it's... That's what's so strange to me, and now you know why I was originally miffed that they cast... Um, uh, Johnny Storm's dead at all. Like, why? He's the scientist running the experiment. Right. He's the one narrating in the teaser. And it's just like, I don't get it. So if you're running this big experiment, this is where it makes even less sense. Again, and I'm, this is just me being, I'm not being angry, but this is what the logic of it. This is, why are you casting these youngsters, and they're the ones that they're sending off on this, like, interdimensional, in, interdimensional uh, test. They're, they're like 25 years old. These would be something that like forty-year-olds would do. Astronauts right. were not twenty-five-year-olds. No, astronauts were these hardened professional pilots that are like in their thirties and forties that were have been doing it for twenty years. Right? Why are you sending these little children out, up to do? Like it just the whole thing just smells wrong. You, you know, even the fact that okay, on its surface, if this was not people, a lot of people are saying, well, if this wasn't called Fantastic Four, it probably would look pretty cool, and I I would agree with that. Like. Oh, this is a cool concept. They go to another dimension, get these powers. I wouldn't. I, I don't. You think, still wouldn't. I, no, I, I, <laughs> I don't. I don't think it looks good from uh, any, any perspective. Angle. Okay. And uh, people are going to be real quick to point out that I don't like things, but so I just want to point out that. Did you like something from the teaser? Um, it's not. It's not found footage film. At least, like Chronicle I'm not was. upset about uh, Club Nintendo. And I'm, and <laughs> are you I'm, just going over the whole podcast? And I'm pleased about uh, World of Warcraft. <laughs> if they see those videos and, in comparison to this, and yes. we made some jokes about uh, we made some so, jokes about Need for Speed. But anyways, um, it's this. He, but here's here's where it ties into something we brought up earlier. Sure. People have said, and I don't know enough about Fantastic Four to know if it's true, but I believe them that this is more or less based on the Ultimate. I've read that universe. And uh, this or is, closer at least, or, and this is all the more reason for the six one six in the Ultimate Universe. So uh, you know what's going to happen? Then Marvel's probably saying <laughs> "fuck you" to Fox, and they're killing the Ultimate <laughs> Fantastic Four. Yeah, exactly. I can guarantee you, right? Because because Marvel's pissed. That's why they, there's no Fantastic Four comic right now, as far as I understand. They're so I, I pissed. They, they're they're not promoting. They're not promoting. Uh, Fantastic Four, and they're not promoting the X Men as much as I used to because they don't have the uh, film rights to them. Uh, I like the X Men. Disney's uh, coming down. I'm saying, well, the current the current female X Men team is a pretty fun, pretty fun story. You see what I mean? But yeah, Marvel's like, well, f- screw you. Marvel's not happy with this. People know that Marvel's not happy. So what's going to happen is this is going to come out. This is going to do worse business than probably the, the Fantastic Four in 2005, which did respectable enough to get the sequel in 2007. And maybe it'll be the same thing where they'll try again to put a sequel out just to keep the rights, or they'll say, you know what, screw it, we tried, we failed, back tomorrow, we'll sell it back. And then Daniel Bryan's going to wrestle for maybe ten minutes in the Royal Rumble. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I was done talking about Fantastic Four. I'm done talking about Fantastic Four. Okay, let's talk the Royal Rumble. All right. Which is the second or third or second biggest pay per view of the year? Probably second. I look forward to the Royal Rumble every year. Oh, it's fun! It's a fun time because it's fun. It's in theory, it, it's supposed to be fun. Well, well it's here. Here's the deal. Um, okay, so I know this isn't how it happened because even wrestlers are usually kept in the dark about what's happening, you know, with other matches and stuff. But I, f- I really feel like Brock, <laughs> Cena, and Rollins got together and put their arms around each other and they were like boys 
We have to make this look good because what's coming up after us is a 100% shit show. Okay, I don't think that happened, but <laughs> yeah, no, I know. But talk, I, I, I like to imagine that's how it happened. Well, Cena always puts on. Put, people give Cena shit, but he always tries to put on a good match. Cena's a bitch. He's not he lazy, sucks, but but like that's just he's, from. He's a good worker, if not a great technical wrestler. He's he's the term I like to use for wrestlers like him is he's always carryable. Yeah. Yeah, he's always carryable. He, he can be in very good matches. He's always carryable. And this and this was a very very good match. If not uh, for I, not a huge triple threat guy, I I like uh, them as long as they're not title based. I don't like triple threat ones usually because um, usually it comes down to well one guy gets thrown out of the ring for five minutes. Right now these two will fight until another guy's thrown out of the ring. Um, but this uh, was the coming out party for Seth Rollins that it wasn't before. I was going to say this cements Seth Rollins as a main event player. Brock and, looked. Okay. Brock looks fine. Looks and like, I hate Brock. But Brock looked okay. Brock looked like the monster that he is. <laughs> I'm a part-timer. And I didn't, I it's not muscles. his fault he's a part-timer. It's, it's his fault he sucks. He doesn't suck. He sucks. He's you're, sloppy. You're, he sucks. All he does is belly to back. He's not sloppy at all. He's a piece of shit. But he looked <laughs> good that match. He looked okay that match. But Seth Rollins looked fantastic that oh, match. Seth Rollins is a stud. Seth Rollins is the guy that no one predicted when, when the show was going to be like, oh, this is going to be the guy that will be the main eventer first, but it happens. Yeah. He's the biggest heel in the, co- in the company. I said the last po- podcast, and he's carrying it. Like, he is carrying it on his back right now. He used to be just okay on the mic, and now he's getting better and better. better, he's, not better. Gr- he's not great yet. He's not even Bray Wyatt level, but he's getting better and better. Right. Enough to be the top heel. Him and Brock were the top heels uh, when Brock's around. I and mean, Brock was getting cheered, though, because Brock... People, you give, say what you want, say what you will about Brock, but people want to see him wrestle. They cheer for, they were cheering for him. Uh, they they buy that he's a monster. I think that, I think they are cheering for anything good at that point. No, well that match came before the Rumble though. The yeah. main event. I know. And it, the rest it, of the rest of the card was who cares? Yeah. But it was a good match. Um, it was it, obviously it built. Uh, uh, this this will matter when we talk about Roman Reigns in a second. Uh, Lesnar they built as a super beast because he not only. He took three AAs in a row, attitude adjustments, and um, got up directly after the first two, and then kicked out of the third one. So they're building him as yeah, Lesnar is fucking tough to beat, very tough to beat, more tougher than he's been ever in the past. So uh, it worked for that. Rollins uh, got pinned. I'm not super. I'm not. I don't, I don't mind that Rollins is the one that got pinned because um, he. He, uh, he took the he curb stomped him. He showed that he was credible and he was a threat. On to the Rumble. Um, I have seen... I've not seen every Royal Rumble start to finish. I've actually seen... I've seen... I'm missing... I'm missing... I think Vani and I were missing four in our collection of all the Rumbles we've seen. I've seen everyone from the... What was the first one? 89 from... I say 89 to 95, 96. I've seen them all. Then I've probably seen most of them in the past 10 years and probably most in the Attitude Era. I think we used to order them on pay-per-view at the time. This was one of the worst rumbles I've ever seen. One of the worst. And not just because of the ending. We'll get to that. We'll get to just how uh, the pacing was way off. Um, the, the guys that had strong showings ended up being weak at the end. Totally just bringing back guys like the fucking Boogeyman for no absolute reason, reason at all. Yep. Justin Gabriel, very competent, good wrestler, quit because his p- spot was pulled. 
And I would have quit too if a guy wasn't getting a chance to get with. And oh, you bring back the boogeyman, someone that hasn't been around for like seven years. And when it was around, no one gave a shit about him just right. for a spot with Bray Wyatt. Um, the first two that usually the first two that start a rumble are usually two either guys that are really good or go a long time. One's gonna go the distance. These were the Miz and R Truth. Yeah, starting it off. What? Yeah. No. One that's part of a comedy uh, tag team app act, and one who's been a jobber for a year and a half, two years. Are one starting one, a, one a, who's part rumble. of a comedy tag team act, and he yeah. is the comedy as opposed to the comedy being well, the comedy. Well, he's a serious one, but I know what you're saying. Yes. You know, he's a guy that's fallen way off the map. No, I'm just saying in terms of wrestling ability. He's a fine wrestler, but he's not... He's no, never, he, he was a main eventer back when the roster was so paper thin that there was no other choice. Right. That doesn't mean so, anything good for him. So the big the big takeaways before we get to Dan Bryan, we'll, we'll try to keep that to less than 20 minutes. Uh, Bray Wyatt had a super strong showing in the start. He eliminated like four or five guys in a row. That was good. He was one of the guys that every year, it happened with CM Punk three or four years ago, where he would eliminate guys and, and just talk on the mic for two minutes, and it worked out excellently. Yeah. Excellently when that happened, yeah, when, yeah. He, when he was uh, part of the Straight Edge Society, and saying, I'm your savior, you know. Um, so Bray Wyatt ended up showing being strong at the beginning. Um, then Daniel Bryan comes in. Oh god! Dan Bryan, right? A number, I would say nine about or num- ten. N- about number ten. Um, Wyatt was in there. I don't know if Rusev was in there or just came in afterwards. Now, if you watch Rumbles, you have to understand that ten is a weird. That's spot. a worrisome spot for someone to come in at. Um, they usually like to play up that there is a benefit to getting in towards the end. Or they like to play up a story about how this guy has lasted a long time. Sure. And you can do that from a 10 spot, but that's just not generally a spot that they pick to put a long-term yeah. player in the Rumble. The vast majority of winners have come from the first three or around 1920 onwards. Yeah. Usually not in the middle. Nope. Because they don't want to burn out or overexpose a guy. Uh, in the middle, or they want to again play that story up that uh, you know, like like Shawn Michaels or Chris yes. Benoit or, or Rey Mysterio or Ric Flair was number three. When They've he won gone, the yeah, yeah, that was amazing. Uh, when, when that's the best Rumble still. Uh, yeah, 90, Ric 91. Flair winning is fantastic. Yeah. But anyway, so the point was, Brian comes in. That didn't even hit me at the time. Uh, Daniel Bryan is the most popular wrestler on the planet Earth right now, and that's not hyperbole. That's the truth. He's the most popular wrestler. Sure. So the most popular wrestler. Is supposed to be fighting for the title at WrestleMania, and it happens every year that that's tradition because that's how you make your money as a wrestling company. That's how you garner interest. But Vince likes to give Roman Reigns hand jobs. Anyways, continue. <laughs> Roman Reigns has been the hand-picked golden boy, the hand job hand-picked golden for, boy for a year and a half. Um, ever since CM Punk on his podcast even said, "Okay, we want you to beat the Shield, but you got to make Roman look good." And they keep repeating them. I was like, okay, I'll make them look good. Roman had the strong uh, Rumble showing last year. He eliminated the most guys in one Rumble. He looked good because at the time, Roman didn't have to talk on the mic. He was right. still part of a team. He wasn't exposed as a single singles wrestler. Uh, so after the Shield broke up in, what was it, April or uh, May, it broke up. Um, Roman Reigns has been exposed, and we've said it for months, as he is an average wrestler. With below average mic skills, it has a good look, and that's what he is. That's at this point. That's not saying he can't get better, but that's what he is right he now. He can get better, but it. What bothers me is that they are basically picking wrestlers on look because that's what Vince likes. Vince yes. is always, always going back to the '80s. Vince has been about the look. And before you say we wanted Reigns to win last year, no, we wanted Brian to win last year, but he wasn't in the event, Correct. so he was a better choice than Batista. But 
<laughs> Reigns winning was worse than Batista winning because at least Batista in the past was a commodity you knew of. At well, least he was a main eventer. He also, wasn't your choice, but he was a main eventer, at least in the past. It, it's not even that. It, at a simpler level, it's simply, this is two years in a row that the Royal Rumble has hor- not just disappointed, but horribly disappointed. Okay, we're, and so basically, going back to Brian real quick, he lasted ten minutes. Yeah. This is a can you imagine if Stone Cold... Stone Cold didn't uh, win the Rumble in, in 97, but he was getting popular by yeah. then. Imagine if Stone Cold comes in the Rumble and is knocked out unceremoniously in 10 minutes. They would never do that to no. a guy, even if Stone Cold in 97 was not, is not as big as Brian now. 98 he was, but not 97. So to do that to Brian, the, the deflated the entire audience. Uh, you, you can say it was a smart audience in Philly. I don't give a shit. They're buying your product. Call them whatever you want. They're the ones supporting your product. They're the ones buying the WWE Network. Well, that's your that's your customers. And, and I fucking hate to say it because people, you know, some people get on there and say they hate smarks and stuff like that in the comments, whatever. Smarks are the people who are going to dump the most money into your product. Smarks were was us in college when we bought most of the pay-per-views. Yeah, smarks, smarks. We bought Halloween Havoc. Smarks you know, for me, 97 through 2003, when we bought every single WCW and WWF pay-per-view. Every single one. Smarks was was us going to, to uh, buy tickets to see WrestleMania 20 and MSG. Yeah. That was us. We were spending the cash. Yeah. We were the ones buying the merchandise. I wasn't buying the toys, but I knew people were buying like the toys and shit like that. Buying the DVDs at the time. So, so I don't want to even hear that fucking bullshit. So once Daniel Bryan uh, getting eliminated deflates the audience... My buddy and I, who are watching it, we're just like, fuck it. Now you know what's going to happen. We just start chugging. <laughs> no, seriously, we just start You're chugging. Done. When DDP came out, riotous round of applause. We rooted him through his whole 45 seconds. <laughs> a Be- few diamond cutters. Yo, dude, he got it. He got a he few looked, diamond cutters. He looked good in the ring. He got a couple diamond cutters off from a di- couple different angles. And I was like, yeah. I, but think, like, I think Daniel Bryan only dumped out one guy. Maybe two yeah, at most, too. But no, no, seriously, that's what happened. Like... Daniel Bryan goes out, we start chugging, we start cheering for the cheap fucking pops, we're like, what the fuck ever, we don't care. Fucking Reigns wins, and we both look at each other, and we go, did Reigns really win this way? Like, no Ambrose, no Ziggler. Back it up. So, so in the final, so, the final, okay, if, here's the deal, if, 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 if Bryan's isn't gonna win, and Reigns is going to. And Reigns came in at 19. You're right. Give us a good final three. Or four. Okay. Four. Give us a good final four. You could have had Ziggler, who the WWF is currently in the process of doing nothing with again. Again. After his amazing match at Survivor Series. Survivor Series. Uh, and Ambrose, who they have managed to turn from a crazy man into a joke. The final four or five. If, not, if Brian's out. Okay, I'll give you that. Brian should have won. Okay, if he's out, final four or five. Wyatt, Rusev, Ziggler, Ambrose. Yeah. Um, and who's the fifth one? Reigns. Reigns. Yeah. If, if, that would be acceptable. Jesus, at least give us a good final match. The, the, it was so badly booked because when, when Wyatt's a guy that was the monster of throwing guys out, when he was tossed out, it was like, what the fuck just happened to you? Oh, dude, he got it, dumped. It, it's, it's usually supposed to be when a guy like that, like DiBiase, and the early Royal Rumbles would last a long time. When they got thrown out, it was a huge deal. When they finally went out, even that was bad. So... This was this just was incomprehensible in how tone deaf they are. In 2015, not the year 2000, in 2015, two of your final three in the Royal Rumble are Big Show and Kane. Kane. 
<laughs> this isn't 98 yeah. or 99 or 2000 or 2000 even 4 2000 fucking 15 you are trying to turn the page you're trying to create new stars this is not the way you do it and it's not the way to promote the up and comers that the fans love here's the totem pole of people that get cheers there's Daniel Bryan in a league of his own John Cena who gets cheers and boos and then you have Ambrose and Ziggler yeah. right underneath them not counting Brock Lesnar, who gets a lot of heat and a lot of cheers. Uh, those guys should not be dumped unceremoniously out without any effort by Big Show and Kane like they're fucking garbage. Yep. That was symbolic symbolic of the direction of the company and people's frustration. Was That more than Brian was well, that. And it's just so, like, you know, keeping with, like, kayfabe and psychology. Psychology-wise, it doesn't make any sense either. You've got... You've got Psychology-wise, Ziggler comes out in 30th. 30 is the best spot. Why yeah. is he 30th if the authority hates him? That didn't even make any sense. Right. He should have been number one and worked his way up till the end and then got no, tossed out. No, but I'm out, just saying, you know? like, you know, in, in uh, uh, fucking... What's the last pay-per-view? TLC. No, in TLC, when, uh, when Ziggler beat Luke Harper. Mm-hmm. Ziggler beating a big guy, like... Totally keep like 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 the struggle is scripted well, you sure. know. He's he's totally wrestling this big guy, and then you're telling me he's number thirty, and Big Show's just gonna dump him immediately. Yeah, like like Ziggler got into a few a few rounds of offense, and then he gets the the, the knockout punch and dumped like trash. Yeah, no struggle. And then Ambrose is dumped like trash. So you're stuck with Reigns. And we'll, we'll get to Rusev. Rusev is like hiding at the, at the time. Yeah. God, this is like we're trying to keep. I remember Rusev was hiding, and I remember uh, Vani and um, myself and Alan looking at each other and being like, "Can we get a can we can we get a Rusev victory?" <laughs> like, <laughs> Rusev became Reigns from last year. The, yeah. the Western two evils. So so, um, and here's the thing though: Reigns beating Kane, and Reigns didn't even look strong beating Kane and beating Big Show. So that was even booked horribly. He looked like a fucking punk. Yeah. Because the only reason he wasn't tossed was because when Kane and Big Show were going to toss Reigns, uh, all of a sudden Big Show decided, I'm going to try to toss Kane as well. And then Kane got in his face. Yeah. And they started attacking each other. And then Reigns dumped both of them. Yeah. What? That's a strong victory? Which was a preemptive victory. So they decided to book The Rock to come in and help his cousin out. Which is again booking your guy strong when you're when you're when your your big older cousin, popular cousin has to help you look strong. They book him to come in and help him because Kane and Big Show are beating him up after they get tossed. The crowd boos the rock. They cheer at first and they're like, Oh, they now we see what, now we see boo. what you're trying to do is now we see that you're trying to manipulate us into uh cheering for a winner that we do not want. Right. Yeah. So they boo him and, and then so then they decide, Okay, we have this in our back pocket. Rusev was never really eliminated. They send them back in and quickly eliminate it, and they boo again. <laughs> Worse than last year. More boos than last year. Two years in a row. They blocked wrestlers from leaving the arena. I That's don't know what if, the word was. That the fans yeah, were I don't know if you off. read that. The, the, the fans were so pissed off, they, they formed human blockades around all of the garage entrances. Uh, cancel WWE Network was the number one trending on... For 24 hours, was number one trending... Uh, Topic on Twitter in the world. It was trending for it was trending so high and for so long that Time Magazine wrote an article on it. I had some of the most popular tweets Sunday night because that was up there. Um, that's not good. And again, you can say, "Well, it's Philly, it's Smarks." 
No. Smarks are what are buying your product. They're the ones buying the network. They're the ones going back and watching all the content you have on the network. If they cancel, you're in trouble. Now, they did come out with a, well, we just topped 100 uh, million subscribers. <laughs> yeah, you know why? That still counts the people that canceled because they're going to still be counted until their credit card runs out the next month. And all the people that are getting it for free to watch the Rumble, you're counting. Right. And plus, just they just opened it up to the overseas, like in the UK, or f- finally have it. It's counting that too. I'd love to see how many people actually canceled. It's not going to be a small amount. It's not going to be a couple of thousand that canceled. I guarantee you that. Nah. If half the people booed, half the people, if most people booed, people are not happy about this. All right. We should move on to Q&A shortly, but we, we, should, we, should, we should touch on one more thing. It's only been 16 minutes. We should t- <laughs> right, that's too long. We should touch on one more thing. Uh, that's Brian being dumped because people thought he was not ready. Um, no, bullshit. Brian did not get dumped. From his injury, you mean? Yeah. No. Brian did not get dumped because people did not think because they did not think he was medically ready. They would no, not have. He's put, wrestled several matches the past month. Right. They would not have put him in the ring if he was not medically ready. And the fact of the matter is, the Royal Rumble is not the most taxing match. Other than the dump you take outside to the mats, which you largely get to dictate yeah. how hard it's going to be. Dude, all you're doing is throwing some fake punches and maybe a yeah. signature move or two. These dumb motherfuckers don't don't. Remember that Edge came back from a horrific neck injury and debuted at the Rumble and then won it. Right. So why? this is this is why they're they're so stupid because not only because they're not pushing Brian, but they didn't realize the reaction he'd get in Philadelphia of all places. Why have Brian come back and do an emotional uh, fake retirement to announce he's going to come back to the Rumble and have the fans lose their fucking shit and then have why, him out and then have him out and have the fans furious? Don't even bring him back then. People would have less of a problem than if he came back in a couple weeks. And the thing is, is, is you know, some people have said, well, you know, there's larger, there's larger plans for it. No. I don't know. I've se- I saw the faces on Stephanie. I saw the faces on. Triple oh, when they came out. They I saw concerned. the faces on. Roman, Roman Reigns was Reigns, crying almost. Roman Reigns and The Rock. No one was expecting that, and I don't know why no one was expecting that. But no one was expecting that sort of negative cheer. There's a difference between an upset. In just plain no. telling your customers to fuck off. Yeah, this was not booze at, oh, a guy we, we didn't like one. This was fuck your product booze. Yeah. This is finger poke of doom booze. I had not seen a reaction like this since the finger poke of doom when the NWO came back together from the Wolfpack in black and white and then Nash gave up the title uh, to Hogan again, and that was the death knell of WCW. Yep. That was the beginning of the end right there. I'm not saying it's the beginning of the end for WWE. They're too big to probably fail, quote-unquote, but this is the beginning of a mass exodus. I am not interested in watching WrestleMania, and I'm dead serious. I don't care if they put Brian back in as a triple threat again, which they don't want to do it reportedly because they don't want to go to the well twice again, but Brian has no plans. The most popular wrestler, the most popular wrestler on your roster has no plans for WrestleMania. They're going to probably, uh, rumor, have him fight a heel Sheamus. Oh, that's interesting. Is there anything between Rumble and WrestleMania? Uh, yeah, they have the fast lane. They got, rid of, they got rid of Elimination Chamber. Chamber. So, there, there you have it. It's going to be booed heavily. It's going to be bad because they know Brock's going to leave probably. So, reportedly, Brock said he's willing to work more dates if they pay in the per diem, but WWE doesn't want to do it, which I think is a mistake because Brock's the only other big heel they have in the company uh, besides Rollins. You can say Wyatt, but they 
kind of halfway buried Wyatt and try to build him back up. So they're in trouble. They are in deep trouble because now if they know Brock's leaving, it's going to be like Goldberg versus uh, Lesnar at WrestleMania 20, which I was at, and they booed the hell out of that because they knew both were leaving. They're going to boo Lesnar leaving, probably, and they're going to boo a guy they don't like. And the only way to save it is to turn him heel with Heyman. The only way to save it is to turn Reigns heel with Heyman, but you still lost everyone because of Brian not getting his Royal Rumble moment. That's all I want to say about it. Um, I've been watching wrestling for 30 years. I semi-know what I'm talking about when it comes to this stuff. Yes, so do I, but they'll tell you you don't. Q&A time! Ryan Barbour, Ryan Barbour. What are your thoughts on the growing esports? Uh, Counter-Strike Go, League of Legends, Dota 2, seen in recent years. Is that What's Dota 2? It's like a League of Legends, I okay. think. I don't remember the actual analogy. Uh, my, my thought on esports in general is I, I think it's pretty cool, uh, but I, I like the smaller scale ones. There are a lot of small scale, simple to learn, easy to pick up um, esports games that focus solely on competition but ease of entry. And I very much like that. Um, as far as Counter-Strike go, I don't care. Uh, League of Legends... I never like Counter-Strike. League of Legends is a toxic environment that I want nothing to do with. Uh, so I don't know anything about the, the competitive scene for that. They're, they're just assholes. They're, I mean, I, I don't even think this guy's going to argue. They're all assholes. Um, and Dota 2, I don't know what? much a lot uh, about. But, you know, like, like, the, like the big arenas that fill up to watch StarCraft matches and then, like, the smaller stuff that's, like, starting to come up with, like, iDarb and sports ball and games like that. I think that's very cool. I will say this, and this is where... Um, I don't have a problem with it. I do have... I can get into a semantic argument about calling it eSports, which other people agree Stop. disagree on. I won't, but this is what I will get into. Athletes in competitive environments um, take pride, or at least it's encouraged that they show a lot of class in victory or defeat. Gaming, by and large, for what I've seen, classiness and playing head-to-head doesn't go hand-in-hand. So if they conduct themselves as quote-unquote athletes... And then, like you said, not make it a toxic environment, that's fine. Because then the competitive side of sports mixed with gaming, the positive attributes, that's fine. But if it's not going to be there, then it's like, eh, then it's just... It's it's like me playing fighting games with my friends and playing fighting games online with uh, people who I have a headset on with. You know, it's way more fun with friends because it's a fun environment. We're still pushing each other. We're still shit-talking each other. But then you get online with, like, a 12-year-old who's just going to call you all sorts of slurs and stuff. And it's like, I... Mm. Yeah, I've seen... I've watched some of the competitive... Uh, I, I do watch some of it. And you hear from the announcers that, yeah, this guy's known to taunt uh, opponents and be a dick. And I'm like, this is not fostering a positive environment Yeah, that's, that, that's not something I want anything to do with. You, you know what I mean? It's like, and yeah, you're a fucking video game player. Yeah, and, I, and that's where I, I and that's where I just get a little bit. That's where the esports thing sort of sort of uh, bothers me a bit. All right, from Minitrix, Dose Ian think Pat has too much stuff in his collection. I think he does. Does do you think I have too much in my collection? Ian? Yes, I do. Can you expound upon that? Uh, I shot your entire collection video from two three years ago. Anyone well, it took who, three hours? Yeah, four and a half. Anyone who's seen that. <laughs> Anyone who's seen that knows that you have way too much shit in your collection. Boxes and boxes of like Apple games you are never going to touch. We were supposed to we were supposed to go through my Apple stuff. We were said we're going to do that my Apple stuff. We did say that. You do have too much. No, oh, what, what else? What else do I have too much about Ian? Come on, let's hear it. This is your chance. Let's just grab a camera and go walk out into your yeah. living. 
<laughs> living room's clean. <laughs> living room's clean. There might be a Sega CD I tested on, 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 the, on, the, on the carpet. Pat has more in his collection than you think. Rich Bergen. Pat, do you actively hunt boxes and manuals to make your game CIB or is it just your favorite? It's sort of that weird thing where if I see it in front of my face, I'll buy a box or a box game if it's cheap, but I'm not hunting them. I have every boxed NES uh, game in 85 and 86. It took me forever to find a decent Chubby Cherub and not get raped on the price. Uh, for a long time, they were like $400. I got, I think I paid like 200 for mine or 180 um, So I got a Chubby Cherub. That's done. I'm not seeking out any more boxes. However, it's always weird, though, when I find a box with no game, then i got to find the manual to complete it. So it's one of those things where if I told you a box and manual for a game you really liked was online, you probably wouldn't care, but if it was at a convention, you'd buy it. Yes. So I most of my favorite games, like the only games I ever wanted to get sealed were Google 13 and Fact Conspiracy, because I love Top Secret Episode. Other than that, though, when I come across like a sealed game or a complete box game, it's happen, happens a chance. Or happenstance? Happenstance. Happenstance. I'm a writer. Um, in terms of manuals, uh, it is a sort of weird goal to get every NES manual because you know why? There's not much else that's on the list of things to get. So the manuals are, for the most part, cheap. I can, whoop, I can have a list of them. I have about 130 left that I need out of the 750 However, the remaining ones, I'd say 90% of those would cost me at least 5 to $10 or way up there. So I'm, it's never going to happen. Right. I, I do know that. Top must-play NES games for gamers on a budget. No sports titles, brother. Um, my favorite, off the top of my head, uh, there's three. Let me bring, let me bring a list up. Uh, for me, it's going to be uh, Bump and Jump. It's going to be City Connection and So we, are we talking $10 and under? For- I'm going to try to go for $5 and under, because all three of those that I just listed should be 5 So no, no Ninja Guy in like an 8 to $10 game. I mean, you could do that, sure. I'm, I'm going to bring up the list. How about Gradius? Gradius is usually more than 10. Really? Yes. Well, I'm out of the list. All right, I'll, I'll have to go by your... I'll, I'm just going to go through the list of games, and I'm going to stop when I think... From A to Z, games that are... These are under 10, 10 or under, or 5 or under. We'll say 10 or under. 1942, 1943. Are those under 10? Yep. Okay. How about... I like 720 Degrees a lot. We are not going through this entire list. <laughs> All right, just, be a, just be a person who plays the Adventure, games. Adventure Island. And name a game that you like that's cheap. You've played these. <laughs> Adventure Island. Um, how about the the uh, Kung Fu Heroes? No. But Kung Fu. Kung Fu? But Kung Fu, definitely. not. Su- Kung- Super Off-Road. Uh, yep, Super Off-Road. Smash TV. Uh, no. I like Smash TV a lot. I it's don't a, like it on port. the NES. It's a great port. It's still good with when you use two controllers. I would say Clue Clue Land, but that's probably not that's, under ten no, anymore. That's not B fifty two. Uh no. That's not a ten dollar game? That's a ten dollar game? Uh not I don't think it's a good one. We can't say sports games for some reason. Um Well because uh, uh, is the first Castlevania? That's over ten. Uh, those are much more now. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna stick City to- Connection. I already said City Connection. My guns that I'm going to stick to are Bump and Jump, City Connection, uh, Batman, and if it's still under 10, Guardian Legend. How about Dragon Spirit? Dragon Spirit's good. That's under 10. You're going to be looking at the shooters, those sort of esoteric uh, titles. Uh, Something like, like Xanak isn't going to be too uh, pricey. Eliminator Boat Duel. That's actually... Is that, has that gone up? That's gone up. Uh, Legendary Wings? Legendary Wings is going to be 10 or under. Um, yeah, so that's what you're looking at. You're looking at those titles that are the uncommon ones or shooters, since we can't say sports ones, or otherwise those mainstream ones that 
or more niche titles, like I'm looking at a Goonies 2, where... Yeah, Goonies 2 is like an $8 game, and I think it's great. Pat hates it, but it's worth trying out for that amount of money. Um, Blaster Master is a great one. Blaster Master is definitely good. Bionic Commando might push into the $15 range, but that's really good. Um, And then these are are 20 about right now, but get them before they get higher. Uh, DuckTales and Chippendale Rescue Rangers are fantastic. The tension titles, a lot of those are very quality, uh, uh, and like like the the gauntlet. Gauntlet's really cheap. Decent gauntlet, uh, decent alien syndrome, decent shinobi. Yep. Not a decent fantasy zone. Don't get that one. Uh, how, hell, I like playing a game like Jeopardy on the NES. That's like a two dollar game. You know. I, I, yeah, as long as you've never played it before, it's fun. Sure. Um, and then, unfortunately, uh, Danny Soul is in the heat. It's going up. People realize it's a great game. Yeah, we've really on. we've really boosted the value on that. How one. about a Milan Secret Castle? I, yes, I would take Milan. Hudson Secret Soft, Hudson Soft games, by and large, aren't that much money. The Adventure like, Island like titles Dino- can be more, but something like Mendel Palace is really good. Dino Ricky is really good. Uh, that's like a weird platformer shooter. Does Tecmo World Wrestling does that count as sports? Uh, Wrestling? no. Uh, we'll call that a ten dollars. Rad Racer. Rad Racer is always fun. So yeah, again, it has to be a, a racing, shooting, and esoteric titles, arcade titles like Pac Man. Or Miss Pac-Man, the excellent uh, tension version of Miss Pac-Man with all the different options on it. I'll, I'll just say this. If you go into a video game store that's worth its salt and you say, hey, I'm looking for stuff that's good under 10 bucks," they should be able to point it out to you. I do that multiple times Roller a Rollerball. Sure. There's, there's a ton. It's, this is why I... Rock and ball. The, oh, so yeah. That, I, I probably rent that at first, but Rollerball's roller roller weird. Silkworm. That's not, is that even a $10 game? Is it pushing it? Eh, maybe 10. Hell, a lot of those Zapper games, like Gotcha's a fun game. Yeah. It's cheap. As long as you've got the right TV, those are fun. So, yeah, so when people say Nintendo's not fun to collect for, you can still find lots of games that are cheap. Star Citizen. Ro- oh, Robert Persaud. No, we're not fucking answering your question, you sick son of a fucking bitch. Uh, that's the guy who uh, asks, like, uh, is a total fucking asshole to me online on... Uh, Oh, you, oh. Ba- you, you banned him. I, ba- I banned him because he was a douchebag to you for no yeah, reason on YouTube. He and he like, said, yeah, he acts like he's my best friend on Twitter, and then he's a huge fucking douchebag on uh, on uh, uh, YouTube. So, fuck you. Fuck you. You know what? Since, since I'm sometimes friendly with Ian, fuck you too, Robert. Yeah, don't, you piece don't. of shit. Okay. <laughs> um, This is a fun question. This is from at Chemical Who Boy. What would retro gaming be like if on this DLC or day one patches existed in the NES era? <laughs> so that would mean like you would you would have to like um, download the latest roster update for Baseball Simulator 1000 <laughs> when it came out because the, they traded some players away or something. Or like if you're playing Super Mario Brothers, pipes expansion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So the, they, they they add the warp zone in uh, for DLC. Like you pay like a dollar nine for the warp zone right. at the end of one two. You know stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think we. It's obviously it's a crutch DLC um, for content that they either didn't have time to finish or they want to make extra money. But no, the games would be a disaster, especially on the NES. I don't think it'd be possible, especially since NES games are so much more limited in scope. Right. Um, so, but it'd be funny to just think about. You like, couldn't withhold anything and then add it back later and still release a complete game. Is kind of the problem. Yeah. So like, imagine like DLC and Legend of Zelda, like the, like the magic wand. You, you, have to, you have to download in order to get because you don't need the magic wand to beat the game. No. But to have it's pretty cool. You know what I mean? Right. You don't need the the. Uh, the, the magic boomerang, but... So, you know what I mean? But 
pay for larger bomb purses in Zelda. Instead of finding... Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Upgrade, what, 8 to 16? You, you know, you, you, instead of finding them yourself and paying the rupees, you gotta buy them. Right. There you go, it's perfect. From Camo Yoshi. Hey, Pat and Ian, hope you're doing well. Do you ever get time to play games for fun and not for a project or video? Well, Ian since, does. Well, since <laughs> I don't do videos uh, all the time. But Pat, no, he doesn't. He doesn't play anything. I, I don't have a lot of time to. I, I hate to say it, but one of the good things about doing uh, Let's Plays is a lot of time they broadcast them live, and it's a time to actually enjoy your game. And so it's actually appealing to me that I actually can sit down and make content while playing the game at the same time. Uh, that actually is the one good part about doing a Let's Play that appeals to me. Um, but no, by and large, I, I really don't have, have that sort of time. I'm sort of hustling here right now with the podcast and other, adventure, other ventures like my DVD, which takes a lot of time. But, you know, every once in a while, I'll play, I, had more, I said time to play Mario Kart when it came out at night. Usually at night is the only time I, I play. Like, instead of watching TV, I can play a video game. So then you get Smash and play with Allie and, and, and Caitlin and Bonnie and I and John and all of our friends. You fall asleep. Uh, Ian Baines. <laughs> Do either of you collect old home computers and the games for those? If so, which ones? I collect for Amiga Spectrum and Amstrad. Hey, it must be from overseas. Um, I'm a huge Apple II fan, Apple IIe specifically, and I do get games. Uh, the stuff that I tend to collect for the Apple IIe, though, is um, they used to make these like educational program like zines that would come on one or two discs. A micro zine by Scholastic was one that was very popular. Uh, the thing about these is, is, even though they were educational, they had really, really fun games on them. Some were like Choose Your Own Adventure with RPG-type battles. Was these, were these free? Uh, I mean, they they came to your school and you'd play them in the computer oh, okay. lab. Um, you know, some would be basic, uh, well, basic primers. You know, for basic, um, but very cool stuff. So I love a lot of the educational software for the Apple IIe. That's kind of what I focus on. Other than that, I don't have the room, the time to pick up computer collecting as another hobby. I, I, I stick specifically to a couple educational zines. I'm glad I got into it before it's gotten hot the past year or two. Um, because I grew up with a uh, IBM PC compatible, which I still have to buy. I want to buy the exact PC I had. My dad junked it. I had the monitor right there that we have. That's a freaking fantastic, fantastic Manabox monitor because you can hook AV into it. But MS DOS titles, um, I, I, I have a lot of the old Sierra titles. I'm trying to get uh, a couple more from there. Not to complete a collection, I just want a couple of ones. <clears throat> I have a lot of the old Ultimas that I've picked up here and there. Um, I've, I've some. I have the uh, all that key punch. The ones I used to tell you about, like you walk into B. Dalton bookstore yeah. and the little the little guys, yeah. and I have like 70 of those now because a guy sent me a bunch of them because wow. he had a new old stock of them, and I have the exact Space Games one that I had as a kid out I there sealed, yeah. and I have all the other ones. I have the one I remembered as a kid, I stuff like, like I remember the ones as a kid, like the, and these are, like they're usually four game packs, and the artwork was just ripped off. So I still have, yeah. I have one in the garage. I remember since I was five years old having Wolverine on the cover of it. No Wolverine <laughs> game, but Wolverine ripped off on the cover, and they got away with it because these were smaller operational operations that were, I think, regional. Um, so I, I collect those, and I wish I, had, I wish I had display for that because I remember how just thrilled I was as a kid going into like Walden Books or B. Dalton at Woodbridge Center and having that computer section like in the middle of the store you could sit down with the computer and the key punch software on the, the little pegs right there and you could try software I remember an, inc- an incredible Hulk game from the mid to late 80s there that we that we saw and things like that it's just that's why I always loved uh, PCs back then because you're just thrilled with just the experience the experience of I guess you learn how to use a computer at the same time playing the games 
on a console, you obviously didn't get that, so that's what made it fun. Do you think... This is from Alan Turkall. Do you think opening a retro video game rental store would be something that could succeed? Um, my quick answer is no, absolutely not. It's very risky. Uh, it's super risky. Um, even... Here's the deal. People don't like... And I know this because there's places in my area who, that do DVDs this way. People don't like leaving a credit card or a deposit. And the only way to make a video game rental place work is to get a decent deposit. Because otherwise, <laughs> someone can take a $50 game from you and never return it. With retro games, it's even harder to replace. At least with modern games, like when you know Blockbuster did it, they could just order a new copy. Uh, the other problem is, is it's the same as amassing enough inventory for uh, a retail store, only not quite as bad. You still need to amass quite a few of these games, and you have to decide on a proper price. And I just, I think, I think the era of video game rental is is done is, because it's not. It, it, is GameFly even around anymore? They, yes, they, yeah, yes, they, they they're doing okay. They are, they're doing fine. But I just don't think I think the risk for a, a mom and pop brick and mortar store is too high for them to ever do rental. Okay, so you mean for brick and mortar, but GameFly is still going to do okay? Yeah, I mean, like if 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 you've got a lot of money in a central location and a mailing database and credit card numbers on hand, fine. But if if it's a brick and mortar store and like me or Trey are responsible for replacing a seventy dollar game every time one goes missing. Fuck it, it's not it's not gonna work out. Oh man, just imagine if there was like an NES streaming service like Netflix, like for like ten bucks <laughs> a month. Uh that would be pretty awesome. Not counting the NES Marathon, this is from Blue Jester. Uh what game and for how long have you been lost in just one game? For me, um it's actually a newer game. Not new, but I mean uh PlayStation era. It was uh, Saga Frontier. Um, I'm one of the few people who will defend that piece of crap. I love it. I love the pre-rendered backgrounds. I love how it's like seven different RPGs. But they give you almost no direction, and I've gotten more lost in that game than I have Legacy of the Wizard for the NES. As a kid, top secret episode, those f- the freaking maze in Rio de Janeiro, which I didn't beat until I got to college. Um, absolutely just mind-boggling difficult and complex. I always say that. However, the number one game that I probably, to this day, that's a game, like, games that were difficult, I still managed to beat when I was older, like Ninja Guide and Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Couldn't beat it as a kid, but when I got older, I could beat them. A game that, if you gave it to me now, with no cheats, I would still not be able to beat today, would be Return to Zork oh, on the God. computer. Yeah. Return to Zork has just so many ways to fuck you up. Put a gun to my head, I would not be alive if you if you gave me a two days to even beat that game. Get that plant, but get that plant the proper way. <laughs> Dig it up as to not damage the roots. Don't just pull the plant from the pot. Yeah, get that meat, make sure it doesn't go right, yeah. right or right. You know, it's like shit like that where uh, that's where Sierra got it right. We're getting rid of that shit where you'd lose the game early on and not realize it. Where Sierra did away with that bullshit, it, they cut- never really did. They kept more of the Lucas puzzles. Arts was more of the were more friendly towards that. Well, LucasArts kept it more toward the environment, the, do the puzzles in the one environment, right? Uh, but game like Space Quest, you couldn't get farther and fail sure. later. Game like uh, uh, King's Quest, I think, did away with that for the most part later on. But I think I, I haven't King's played most. Quest Five. Did it have that? I. I Oh, yeah, dude, you get a pie, and you think the first thing you should do is throw the pie at the person who's acting like a jackass, and you, like, need it, like, an hour later to throw at a Yeti. Oh. And if you've already thrown the pie, you're fucked. 
No, LucasArts, I'm sorry, um, Sierra games were never not full of those, like, you're fucked two hours later. Oh, okay. But for some reason, it always seemed, at least, at least, I could, at least I could beat if, those. If you take your time, I mean, for, with the exception of okay. things like the pie, if you take your time, you're gonna be okay. Okay, but those were, don't use an item the wrong way. In Zork, it was, make sure you get the items in the proper order at the proper time and, and collect them the proper way. Which was just, like, ridiculous. And then you had to do stuff in Zork, like, um, there's, there's a, there's a part where I had to, I had to buy the cheat book. I had to buy the cheat book. Yeah. I had to. I had the game for like four years, and I couldn't beat it. I think it was a game, one of the games that came with my Sound Blaster 16 set. I'm going to need, games. I'm gonna need a cheat book called The Pens, uh, if we don't finish up these last It's not my questions. fault you drink. Where are the pens? Um, so, um, there was, there's a part in Return to Zork where, uh, these two dwarfs talk to each other. They're like mining dwarfs. Dude, it's, it's all over the game. But this is what's the worst part, and there's a third one. And they start t- talking about like how they should build something, and they start saying, "All right, want this left, right, center," and it's like a thirty-five second thing. Mm-hmm. You have to write those down for the minecart sequence later and follow those direct exact directions. Yeah. There's no way for you to realize that until you you. There's no way unless you guess that. Oh, that's for the minecart thing later on. Just shit like that. That it's not even intelligence. It's just. Guesswork and just utter bullshit. Okay, moving on. Well, as much as I love adventure games, there are a few that fall victim to that sort of thing. Hobby Drifter, what do you think is fueling interest in Famicom games abroad? Just the lower prices or legit interest in the roots of the NES? My answer to this is going to be a little bit of both. Um, one, definitely lower prices. You can get something like uh, DuckTales 2, exact same game, 30 35 bucks as opposed to $80, $90. Um, two, it's a lot like people who can play Famicom games. It's a lot like the PC Engine. Not only is it cheaper, but there's just shit that you never could get over here that's going to cause you interest. Now, it's not as exciting necessarily as a whole, I don't think. I haven't looked over the whole library, but you can still get things like Kid Dracula that you can't get over here. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I would say for the most part, it's getting games that you can't get yeah. here. I would say because if you say the roots of the NES, it's not like... People are going out and buying the black box games in the Famicom version, right? And, and it's not like they're any different. Yeah, there is no <clears throat> real root. I mean, you're at the root yeah. with the they're, NES. They're buying expensive games in the that are expensive in the U.S., like Little Samson, that you can't get here. Which are, Little is still ridiculously expensive over there. Probably because because yeah. more people are buying it here, or, or people are trying to make fucking conversion cards that we talked about a year ago. That, yeah, and try to pass all the real. So yeah, I, I think it's not the roots at all. I just think it's yeah, it's a cheaper alternative like PC Engine versus Turbo Graphics. Joaquin Gonzalez, what do you usually do when you get frustrated with a game? Do you swear, throw a controller, have you ever broken anything? Uh, I have a mouth like a fucking sailor, so I definitely swear. Uh, I've never broken anything. Uh, Throw a controller? Yes, but not in that, like, stereotypical, like, I'm a pissed off eight-year-old way where you wing it across the room. When I throw controllers, it's me going, fuck. And I just throw it up in the air, and it gently lands back in my in my lap. But 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 I still give it a toss, just just to get my 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 my, my, my displeasure across. My dad used to throw my controller across the room when I used to beat him at double dribble. I used to beat him badly at double dribble. Did you tell your dad he had to buy you a new controller? <laughs> no, he never broke it. It's always it's always funny because I don't know why my dad bought me double dribble and never bought me Tecmo Bowl, for example. Because yeah, we've talked about conversation because I wasn't a huge basketball fan as a yeah. kid. I was a I was a football yeah, fan. Definitely, and he never bought me ice hockey or plays of steel. Dad, what the hell's going on? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Anyway. Um. No, when I get really frustrated at the game to the point where I don't want to play anymore, I don't want to play anymore. 
Yeah. I'm past the point where that's me. getting really, really angry. I mean, if it's for the marathon of Mega Man, yeah, it's for fun. It's it's, it's part, you know, acting eh, a little bit. But um, no, I, I I'm way past that that point. The last thing I this is probably what got me over it in college. I was a lot angrier in college. Who wasn't? Um, I used to be a huge Worms Armageddon player online. Uh, Love playing. Yeah, that's and that's when they had like rankings online. I one time slammed my I won. I, I fucked up something. I forget. I misfired the super sheep or something weird that I lost this tense match. I slammed my arm against the table. Like, oh, oh. In my mirror, I was like, what the fuck? I damaged. Probably to this day, I still feel sometimes like tendons right around here. Or it's like, wow, I, I was a really fucking idiot for doing that. Why did I do that? Why did I get angry at a video game? Yeah, I've never gotten like... Like, exasperated during fighting game matches, that's when I'll, like, you know, lightly launch it up and catch it in my lap, but sure. I've that's always been the thing for me, too, is that it's a video game. It's supposed to be fun. It has the word game in it. When I start to get frustrated, I simply turn it off and play a different game. That's end of story. I'm not I'm not going to break shit. We're, I'm not going to fucking getting, cry. We're getting too old for that shit. I'm not going to get red right in the fucking face over old. it. Too old. I'm not gonna go fucking feverishly masturbate and be like, oh, I'm so angry. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna get catch up and fist yourself. Catch up and fist. All right, Raul Romo. You real fun the- stick, Jeff. Real Jeff fun stick. Real Jeff fun stick. You get the last question tonight. Is there any episode you've done that you wish you could change something about? That's not specific. So as far <laughs> as the podcast goes, I'll go back and say that I wish I had never called Link Zelda by accident, even though I know his name, because holy shit, did that bring out the frothing fanboys. Oh, I when remember that. The, when we discussed the demo. That was like, how, how long ago was that? Uh, Hyrule Warriors, was it? No, it was the demo for Smash Brothers. So it was probably... Six, seven months ago, at least? October. Oh, is that? Oh, that's they went off on you. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> how could how could you switch a word like that, Ian? How could I? I, I like how this is, we're going off topic a little bit, but I like how when we get wrestling facts a little wrong, wrestling fans, you are the biggest little fucking non-fun sticklers for details. I swear to God, we're we're talking off the cuff about yeah, wrestling I, facts going back yeah, thirty years. I'm talking off the cuff without a fucking book or the internet, like at my hands, <laughs> and I'm not using it. I'm very sorry. I got some fucking title and we changes still, wrong, and we still get it right ninety percent of the time. You yeah. know, so it's like just cut us some slack, wrestling fans. We're your brethren, but you guys are just. For for guys that you know that are people people give you guys shit for watching wrestling. Right. Shouldn't we be a cohesive group? We should be group? a family. We should be a family. <laughs> but okay. in terms of Pat the NES Punk episodes, which I think is what he's referring to here, probably. Uh, um, and I, I'll speak about this more on Pat the NES Punk Volume Four in the commentary. The Mister Gimmick episode, which is uh, probably my best pure review of the actual game part in terms of the mechanics and why it's memorable. I would actually agree. You saw that one. Um, has a lot of extraneous uh, conversation in the front that I probably should have cut most of it out. It's like three minutes, three and a half minutes. It probably could have been done in a minute and a half. And to my credit, um, I, I I think I'm a tighter editor now and a tighter writer when it comes to the interactions like that to get that stuff, get it moving, get it done. Um, so that's an episode that I probably uh, would have changed seriously, Mr. Gimmick. And I've actually thought of releasing it just as the gameplay part. Other than that... You know, there's stuff like Skull and Crossbones where I did with my cousin where, uh, as, as cool as my cousin was, as as, as um, Yelltooth the Bold. Wow, you remember that? You watched that? Wow. 
Wow, yeah, I think someone's been watching my back catalog. No, I that, I watched that one after we beat uh, Skull and Crossbones on your Mame Cabinet. Oh, that was that was like great. right after I moved, uh, right after I met you. Oh God, the Mame Cabinet, I miss it. It's gone. Um, he he wasn't that good at ad libbing, unfortunately, and I could, probably could have cut that gameplay part down considerably too. We just keep it to like the little skits of us with him trying to just be weird. Uh, that's a fun episode. But anyway, that's that's really what I w- would change. Uh, and plus, if I could change anything about him overall, I'd just write the review portions to be a lot shorter, like four or five minutes. Not no! Minutes. Jesus, the review portions are the best part of your goddamn sh- fucking episodes. But you don't watch them, Ian. No, I don't, but, I mean, that's really where you <laughs> excel, is reviews. See, but that's, that to me is not why I don't like doing that. Mm. <laughs> that's why I don't like watching your videos. <laughs> <laughs> On that great note... <laughs> We have a Patreon if you want to support the podcast. Ian sometimes writes for it. He writes his little blogs about the store. Support it. Uh, Patreon.com slash Pixelsickle. P-X-L-S-I-C-L-E. I don't know if I even spelled that right. P-X-L-S-I-C-L-E. I did spell it right. Um, and then we're, we're doing a Teespring thing right now. Um, I'll put the address below wherever you're watching it because I don't know the address. It's going to be Teespring.com slash something where you can get a nice See You podcast uh, t-shirt that helps support us as well. I look sexual. Pat looks like he needs Thorzine. <laughs> Don't make fun of our artist, do you? <laughs> All right. You yeah. always look like you need Thorzine. I, I, I don't know. How, am I, am I, am I, how are my gains? Am I working out alright? No. <laughs> I don't know. Doink. For, for Ian Ferguson, who has to take a piss and not piss on my MacBook Air. I might. You hipster. His, his MacBook Air, you fuckers. Not mine. You're a hipster. Give him shit for owning an Apple. You're a hipster. Uh, you <laughs> sluts. <laughs> You're very angry tonight. I'm Pat Country. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye. <laughs>